How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Dead Jester Productions podcast, episode number 183. I'm your host, Joshua J. Moskers. Joined this week by special guest Steve Barnes from the Sweet Child of Time podcast and the band Introvoid. He's the guitarist and songwriter. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, Jay Muskers. Appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. I'm happy to have you here. I, I like that you said my name correctly as well. Sometimes <laughs> people get it wrong. I get Jay Smokers a lot, which is interesting. That's what it looks like. That's what I first thought it, it does, was. I, I do understand <laughs> that to an extent, yeah. There are some people where it's like they I'll like let them know, like, oh, it's Jay Muskers, and they'll say, God, Jay Smokes. I'm like, that's not even, that's even more off. <laughs> I want to call you Jay Moskers because I know so many Joshs and I say mm-hmm. the word Josh like every day in my normal life. So yeah. it's good to have a Jay Moskers. That's, that's original. It's uh, yeah, I've been, I've had it for, I don't even know how many years at this point, but <laughs> it's uh, yeah, try and keep it somewhat unique at least. But yeah, anyway, I appreciate you being here. Um, I appreciate you having me. It's great. Here. Yeah, why don't you tell people a little bit about your show before we jump in, give them an idea of what you got going on. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I got the podcast uh, Sweet Child of Time, and it's a TV and movie recap podcast. Um, and I'm about 66 episodes in right now, and I've recapped season one of The Wheel of Time, season mm-hmm. one of 1899, season one of Dark. I'm currently working on season two of dark right now we just released season two episode one just yesterday and we're working through dark now and but we also recap like movies and um you know recap tvs and movies there you go the only movies we've done so far are (laughs) conan the destroyer um time bandits and another one that i can't think right now uh (laughs) but yeah recaps i love doing it nice awesome i'm a tv nerd (laughs) (laughs) We, my girlfriend and I watch like a, a bit of TV. She watches so much of like the true crime stuff on Netflix. Okay. And then every once in a while, like I'll be in the living room while she's doing that. And I'll, but a lot of times I'll be playing a game on like the switch or something or I'll be yeah, yeah. out working on something. Uh, I did that while she was watching 1899, which I keep getting confused for the <laughs> Yellowstone spinoff with Harrison yep. Ford. It's like, I forget what that one is. Yeah. <laughs> all these, all these date related shows. I'm like, I can't keep track. <laughs> The 1899 was like, again, I have, I have paid attention to it, oh. uh, so I can't give it a fair review, but it, it did seem somewhat interesting. Um, oh. Cool. Yeah. That's what my podcast does is like we, um, mm-hmm. you know, we recap it and it's a mystery show. It's a mystery box show. So you got to yeah. pick up clues along the way and you got to dissect all the information and point out all the Easter eggs and stuff like that. So we're pretty thorough. Each episode is like an hour and a half to two hours long. I mean, if you're familiar with 1899, I don't know, you know, of course I'm going to say, listen to my podcast. Of course I'm going to say that. What do you expect? Um, But I think we did a pretty good job with that. That was our most popular podcast that we did was that season. Um, So our numbers spiked up like never before. And then when 1899 ended, (laughs) they spiked right back down. But, um, you know, (laughs) We still have was a good handful of listeners. A, a super popular show among its audience. Yes, among people okay. who are into like dark and like puzzle box shows like that. Oh, okay. Severance, you know, is another example of a show like that, um, where there's a lot of details and Easter eggs and behind the scenes stuff to talk about. Um, there's a there's a pretty good audience for that. Like you know, we okay. had about um, two thousand downloads for each of our episodes of eighteen ninety nine. And then 
our other shows, you know, they're, you know, wavering around a hundred to 200, um, mm. not as popular. I don't know why, but I think it was because I released that show. We were releasing that show as it was being released. So it was new and popular. Mm. So okay, I think we kind of yeah. struck while the iron was hot. We're doing dark now, which is, you know, a few years old, yeah. <laughs> but wheel of time starts up in September. September 1st, um, is when season <laughs> two of wheel of time drops and we're going to start releasing episodes immediately. What did you what did you think of season one of Wheel of Time? Um, as a Wheel of Time book reader, like mm-hmm. I um, I had higher expectations for it, uh, mm-hmm. s- but I did like it. I mean, okay. I, I watched the f- after I watched the first episode for the first time. You know, I kind of turned to my wife and I was like, I I don't know. I really don't know. You know what I mean? And it I was think it's, I think it is different if you have the book experience going into it. I didn't read the books. But okay. I can, for other stuff like uh, like Game of Thrones, when I when we were watching that, I read mm-hmm. the books. So I knew it was I basically knew it was going to happen going into it. And sure. watching them transition it onto the on the TV was interesting to see, like, is this going to be good? Or is it am I going to have problems with it? Mm hmm. Yeah, so I imagine I could see how you did um, a similar thing. With, well, and with something that. I had problems with it. No, uh, no, no, I just mean like I can see how either you're comparing it to the book, maybe you have it as opposed to just outright watching it, maybe. Right, right. And um, I don't know. I mean, looking back on it now, I like it much more because I'm more like uh, have a more kinship with the characters, the television characters. And I've also made recognition that like, okay, this is not the book. This is the TV show version of the book. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they're two separate experiences. So I think a lot of people, people don't like the show. Wheel of Time book readers don't like the show in general. Mm -hmm. Um, They won't give it a fair shake. Um, There is a good group of us that do like it. And I'm proud to be part of that group just because I don't know. I, I, I don't like crapping on things. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to ever review anything or recap anything that I don't like. It's something that I'm going to be interested in. So with wheel of time, um, like I said, when I first watched the first episode for the first time, I was kind of in disbelief, but then by the time I got to episode three and four, I was really on board. Um, they really mm-hmm. did a good job with um, building up to an apex there and it, it kept me watching. Fair enough. I've mentioned on the show before here when it first came out. I I didn't hate the show by any means. Mm-hmm. I just I didn't know what I was getting into either. <laughs> I just saw it was like a big budget, you know, project that was coming. I was like, all right, we'll watch this. One of the things that stuck out to me that I've mentioned before was the weird, like over the top, uh, like interracial relationships, where I was like, oh, it's I mean, it's totally fine, but it was just, mm-hmm. it stood out to me like how much diversity there was in every like family unit where it's like you'd have like an asian mother <laughs> like a like a white father and then like a black child and it didn't make sense i was like okay whatever we moved past it and then there was one line in particular that stood out to me that i thought was really odd it was okay. rosamund pike's character and she says the wheel wheels the wheel wills and for right. some reason that cracks me up <laughs> Oh, that's like a common thing in the books, too. That was like, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. actually, absolutely. The wheel wills, the wheel wills as the wheel wills. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, what a weird, like I said, I I can see where you're coming from. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's just the tongue twister aspect of it. 
and the seriousness of what she said, it just cracked me up for some reason. <laughs> I do not remember any white person having a black child. Do you? I, you... I was making up that specific example. But okay, that's, all that's, right. You're making that's me, my the... brain rack. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. No, that that was just like an example I was coming up. But like that was something I I noticed. I was like, oh, it's interesting. I wonder if this is like an Amazon. It was, it was Amazon, right? It wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was Plus, it was like, it was like a. Thing. It's like a European cast too, um, yeah. and it's it's diverse, you know, for mm-hmm. a particular reason because the books are diverse and explain like different cultures, okay. different regions. Um, yeah. You know, that's how it is. Yeah, because it, like I said, it, it just I just noticed it. I was like, oh, it's interesting that they have like such a diverse cast <laughs> of like in- individual family units and stuff like that. Sure. Yep, they want to draw everybody. They want to draw as many eyeballs in as possible and get as many connections. Like, for example, yeah. um, the uh, Korean guy who plays, um, I believe he's Korean, Lan, Man, Man Dragador. <laughs> anyway, he plays Lan. Okay. He, um, <laughs> his name is Daniel Henney. And when he got cast, they, they, they were just open casting for, like, you know, all races. They chose mm-hmm. him, and so he brought, like, Korean into, like, his wardrobe into like his um you know back character backstory not korean like as we know it but you know um you're using fashions and things like that um and they allow that's just one example of how they allow the actors to like bring their cultures to it instead of just you know we're gonna you know cast a somebody from south africa um instead of just doing that they allowed them to kind of like represent it in some kind of weird hidden easter eggy kind of way Yeah, it was like I said, it was it was an interesting show. I didn't, I don't know. It wasn't. Admittedly, it was not something that stuck out to me. Where I'm like, oh, I'm excited sure. for season two. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It it could have been worse. There's a that's lot why of, I wanted to recap it. It's an underdog show. It's not like yeah. well loved, and it's actually hated by like a lot of book readers. So that's kind of why I wanted to get into it <laughs> because there was an open market for people to podcast about it because there's not a lot of people doing it. Yeah. There was. Uh, what was it? Oh, the uh, Lord of the Rings show, the Rings of Power. Did you watch that one? I tried. To, I gave it a shot. I didn't make it through. I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. Um, you know, I was a big, huge Tolkien fan. Um, I didn't particularly enjoy that show. If I was gonna, yeah. po- if I was asked to do a recap podcast, I would have paid attention and taken notes and mm-hmm. done my due diligence. But as it was, I had no obligations, so I stopped after like episode three. <laughs> yeah, it it was weird, like considering the budget of this show it was strange right. to me right. how little was actually going on <laughs> like visually it looks fantastic i have to give him credit it does look great right but then i was like there's not a whole lot going on in it for the most part they galadriel spends i forget how many episodes there are if it's eight or ten but like once she gets uh to the island and they're you know she's sort of their prisoner sort of not she right. spends like four episodes there where they're loading the ships up to go leave. And then it's like, all right, now hold on. All right, now we're headed out. And like three episodes in a row end <laughs> with them, like, you know, gallantly on the ships, like, here we go. And then it, the next episode starts to like, all right, we're preparing to leave. And it's like, ah, oh, geez. It's like, the long, the long goodbye, right? Yeah. Obviously I'm exaggerating like exactly how it happened, but like, <laughs> okay. Thematically that is what happens. It's, you know, it's I almost positive. It's three episodes in a row that ends with them. Like, insinuate uh making it seem as though they're about to re to leave and then they just don't and they're there for another episode i'm like oh geez please something happen then, oh yeah go ahead 
Oh, I was going to say, I should mention too, like, um, maybe you can edit this back in the other side. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of course, <laughs> not going to, I could give you any back end work to do. Um, one of the, the concepts of my podcast with wheel of time, that was my original concept was I've read all these books multiple times. I know the world. So I'm going to show this show to somebody who's never read the books and never seen the show. And that person mm -hmm. was, you know, um, rapper and producer marshland monster so you know he's funny and he's talkative and he's great and he podcasts too so that was the whole premise of the show he was the sweet nice. child of time that like i'm introducing to this show to mm -hmm. um but then of course like once we finished those 10 episodes <laughs> the show just kind of morphed <laughs> and became a recap show yeah my uh my sometimes co-host Klaus had a show like that where it was uh it was mma themed where he, he was very familiar with like MMA and combat mm -hmm. sports and stuff like that. Sure. And then he'd have someone on the show wh who didn't know anything about it. And so it'd be him. Yeah. Talk, they'd, they'd both be talking about it, but he'd be explaining it, like what happened and why they did what they did and so on and so forth, like breaking it down. <laughs> it is interesting that like sort of dynamic on, on different topics and things like that. Cause, uh, yeah. one, it's like the one person who's getting educated on what's going on. But they can also provide an insight as to like, well, I'm a layman. I don't know why they did this. And it just brings a different perspective that the experienced person might not have thought of because they would just yeah. assume like, oh, of course, people know how this goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing the same thing like in a couple of days. I'm podcasting. Uh, one of my other co-hosts is, um, is a TV and film critic, Lindsay Dunn, and she has her own like YouTube and podcast called One of My Stories. And usually she like reviews movies. Um, you know, she's a serious critic. And then we started doing this dark recap together. Well, now she's gone in, on a road trip um, <laughs> last week and she went to a Wawa for the first time in her life. And me and another one of my co-hosts, Nate, um, you know, we we're from Virginia and Pennsylvania. We're mm -hmm. Wawa's like in our blood now. So that's what we're going to podcast about in a couple of weeks. We did a bunch of <laughs> research and, talking about her experience at Wawa and then me and Nate are going to come in as the veterans and school her on all things Wawa in there. I've never understood the fascination <laughs> surrounding like gas stations. It's so weird because like they have debates around here, like sheets versus Wawa. I'm like, sure, like sure, sure. Station. I don't, I don't understand it. It's like the, the town I live in recently rebuilt their sheets and people okay. are getting all excited. Cause they're like, Oh, they're going to have more like seating. Like mm -hmm. we have a drive through for the food now. Like we go mm -hmm. there like to eat like a lot of like once or twice a week. I'm like, but it's a gas station. I don't understand. <laughs> okay. I'm one of those guys. Okay. First off, listen to one of my stories next week and we'll be talking all about it. But okay. I mean, I, I'm on the road a lot and um, so mm -hmm. is Nate. So obviously we're stopping at Wawa. I, my last but we, was on the road all day, every day. That's what I did. I, I never thought to consider <laughs> stopping at the gas station because it's a gas station. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It's, it's easy. It's easy to order. Um, it's easy to order. It's fast. Um, mm -hmm. it's reliable. And the people that work there, like, like working there, it's like, you know, sometimes you get disgruntled people, but they have a huge, yeah. I'm sorry, a not huge turnover rate. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not like I like to go in there and hang out. I would never eat food inside of a sheet or a Wawa, but by, by, you know, by personality, I would never do that. Absolutely go in and touch the screen and place an order and take it home. Heck yeah. I can understand like doing that. It's just weird. Like the, 
the debates people have like, oh, this place is so much better. Like we, like I said, mm-hmm. we, like my girlfriend knows people that like will go there for dinner some nights and just sit down and eat. And that's bizarre to me. I was like, why is this your date night? Like going to a gas station. Date night. Like, it blows my mind. Kind of the, I forget what we were doing the one night we met up with them at Sheets and they're like, oh, we come here for dinner a lot. I'm like, Why? Why? We're like, surely you could be having anything else. I mean, like, I'm not shitting all over them, but it is at the end of the day, a gas station. Well, I mean, they sell gas, but at the end of the day, it's yeah. a convenience store. And this is also true. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do take it back, though, because they're conveniently located along highways. So they expect mm-hmm. people who are traveling to stop there. And, um, you know, me and my daughter do road trips. She's a she's a um, competitive skater. So oh, nice. we're doing road trips a lot and on the road overnight and all that kind of stuff. So stopping at Wawa or Sheets is great for us because it's like a one-stop shop for everything we need we're there for 15 minutes and we ate and we can get back on the road so that's what it really is about is the convenience Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the low prices come to sheets (laughs) yeah again i've gotten food there before i'm not i'm not saying it's bad it just blows my mind i will say it's mind-blowing i don't blame you (laughs) we uh the one time my girlfriend's brother was going down to Philadelphia for some reason. I don't remember why. Mm. I was like, oh, bring us back some some Philly pretzels. He's like, got it. And he gets <laughs> home and he he has a bag. I'm like, cool. And we open it up and it's a bunch of pretzels he bought at Wawa on the way home. And I was like, this is, <laughs> that's this not is right. unforgivable. Yeah, that's not right, dude. <laughs> no. We went down that's- to Philadelphia then like s- sometime later. And if you go to Reading Terminal Station, they have like all sorts of different foods and vendors and things like that. And there's a soft pretzel vendor there. And we yeah. went right as she was closing up for the day. And I was like, oh, how much are the pretzels? Can we still get some? She's like, oh, yeah, you can have as many as you want. Uh, 50 cents each. Uh, I'm like, oh, so I bought all of them. And I got like 31 pretzels. <laughs> and we packed them up, brought them all home. I'm sure they were way better than I mean, Wawa pretzels are decent, but they're not quote unquote Pennsylvania pretzels. That's insane that yeah. <laughs> that, that they think that's acceptable. Well it's like you're buying one that's in like a plastic wrapper. Right. Or <laughs> you could buy it that was made that day at like a pretzel bakery. I, I'm assuming they have other <laughs> stuff too. But like it's freshly made. It's well, like so the is only Wawa's. she's giving it discounted is because she didn't want she's can't like store them because they've been sitting out all day. Right. Wawa's stuff is fresh every day. Those pretzels are fresh every day. I Absolutely. I don't know about the ones that are in the thin plastic wrappers that they just keep yeah. stored on the shelf. They're not baked there in that store, but they're baked like off location and shipped in that day. Interesting. Absolutely. I mean, just because they're like in the plastic, that's how they got to ship them, you know? Got to be safe for the kids. Hmm. <laughs> I, I will not concede that the the ones they got at Reading Terminal Station were, were not better, though. They were absolutely better. Oh yeah. Oh geez. I mean, there should be no comparison there. I, I think I have a bad. I left a bad taste in my mouth for Wawa pretzels. Yes. Seeing as that was what I received after requesting Ugh. freshly made ones from Philadelphia. So yeah, that's a disappointment a in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So what is a? Do you have like a show that maybe you want to go back to and do like a, a review on? Oh yeah, absolutely. Is there one particular that stands out? Um, well, I'm thinking about, um, not even going back, but just jumping on board of some shows that I've already seen season one of, um, 
One of which I just, I know you've been watching it because you've been talking about it, but watching Silo. Yeah. Um, right before we started recording the finale a little bit ago, you watched the finale too. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. We can't spoil anything, but yeah, I won't spoil it, but uh, do you have like any, um, spoiler free thoughts you can give me? I enjoy, I mean, I, I understand. I know what happens because I've read the books. Oh, you're a but wool guy. Okay. It didn't, it didn't surprise me, obviously, but okay. it is, it is one of those things where it's like, you're not surprised by the plot points, but you're surprised at how they visualize it on screen, you know? Okay. And, and so it's been interesting to see that and how it's unfolded because they do change some stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, it is interesting. I like the, the kind of grittiness and the tone that they approach yes. the show with. <laughs> That's what know sometimes. And it's not like even a detriment. Like it's not that the show is bad if they change the tone of it. But they could come in and it could be kind of goofy maybe if they don't do it right or whatever. Yeah, of and course. That would be fine as well. It's just, you know, it's always a preference thing. Um, but I, I I do like that it's been kind of gritty. You know, I, I'm i trying to think like how many... It's hard to tell because a lot of the music sounds very similar. Uh, okay. But I do enjoy like the, the thematic sounds that go along with it. It's pretty cool. Background music, the theme song. Yeah, same I, here. Cinematography yeah, reminds it. me of Dark. Yeah, I, I did enjoy it. Um, excited. They have season two already confirmed. So I'm thinking nice. about maybe picking up on that. You asked what I might be doing. I'm thinking about mm-hmm. maybe picking up season two of Silo. Um, nice. And re- I haven't read the books and I don't plan to, so I can do like spoiler free stuff. <laughs> it is nice that it's on a platform that doesn't cancel every show after one season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like my show 1899 example. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's man. It, it, I don't get it. Like, I, I don't understand Netflix's strategy there. It doesn't make sense to me. Even from, like, a business perspective, I'm like, surely continuously canceling shows is not a good way to retain customers. Like, I, I understand, like, constantly having new shows coming in. I get that, that the, even if they're not good, just constantly adding content, there's the opportunity to pick up, like, a hit, like a sleeper hit, and some people right. sign up to watch that. But I don't understand the point of just constantly like it seems like almost i would say over half the shows if not more like the big shows are all getting canceled all the time and it's crazy to me i just i can't wrap my head around that i think that they're like um the people that make their big decisions are really dependent on on algorithms and numbers and it's almost as if like they have like a, a bot program that like that approves and denies these things but yeah, it really doesn't make much sense, but I guess to them and their algorithm, it does in a way because they're looking at people who are going to retain the show and people who are going to watch it multiple times and looking at the length of time it takes people to watch it. Like that's why they canceled 1899 because people didn't watch it quickly enough. Um, Mm. (laughs) Like the retention rate, like people would like watch one, two, three episodes and, but they canceled it after four weeks. So they didn't give anybody a chance to like do like the one a week thing, which is what I was doing. So, <laughs> but yeah, I don't like their algorithm either. Apple is much more uh, reliable, at least I've found so far. And other podcasts, I mean, other shows I'd like to podcast besides Silo. And speaking of Apple TV, there's two on there I love, which is Severance. Um, mm-hmm. I think I'm pretty sure I'm going to be doing um, Severance season two on my podcast. Have you watched that yet? No, I, I've heard of it, but I don't even know like the plot. Can you, can oh, you break yeah. it down a little bit? 
Sure. Um, have you watched any Black Mirror first off? Yeah, there's a new season. that I've not watched the new season, but I think we were caught up up until the newest season. Okay, but you're familiar with like Black Mirror and like yeah. its total concept of like, you know, technology and like, you know, how it affects humanity and how it affects our relationships. Yeah. So Severance is like a, um, it's like a series that reminds me of like a Black Mirror episode, except it's a whole series and it has like, you know, a good cast of personable people that you can like cling on to. You like these characters that they are. The whole point of the show is, or the whole concept of the show is, um, there's a group of people that work for a company, like a big tech kooky company, and uh, they they sever part of their brains. They undergo a surgery to sever their brain so that when they step into the elevator to go to work, they forget everything that happened before they stepped in the elevator on their outside life. So they have like a, a work any is what they call it that lives only at work so when you go to work and you go to the elevator and the elevator closes you become the any and like you don't know the outside world all you know is your office and so the show is about you know obviously <laughs> discovery and breaking free and maintaining so relationships like in that society personality disorder almost not forced voluntary because these people do that's this not, oh sorry that that's what i meant sorry yeah yep and like, you know, in the show itself, like in the first couple of episodes, you know, the main character like has to answer questions from like his family and friends. So it kind of gives you the concept of the show really quickly in the first two episodes. You're pretty much already in because any question you might have, you know, his sister is asking him on screen. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's, you know, there's not a lot of mystery, but there really is. It really goes deep and it's... um. I mean, the cast is great. If they didn't have a great cast, it wouldn't be a good show. Christopher Walken's in there. Um, Adam Scott, um, Zach Cherry. I mean, it's a really good cast. I have to look into that. You gotta. <laughs> I'm going to be recapping season two, I'm pretty sure. And then another Apple Plus show I'm really into. Um, it's already had four seasons and it's over. I'm going to um, guess it, For All Mankind. No, I've, I've never no. heard of that. Um, oh, interesting. Guess again. <laughs> I like this. Guess again. I, I'm not. I don't really know a lot of <laughs> Apple TV shows. I have no idea. That was the only one I could think of. So I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, Servant. Um, it's M Night Shyamalan is uh, the producer, and either like his wife or one of his kids or his brother or somebody also like writes and directs it. Hmm. And that show is um, it's pretty wild. It's a very M Night Shyamalan -y show. Four seasons. <laughs> Rupert Grant. You know him from Harry Potter. I know. Um, yeah. He's a, gr I mean, he's in every episode. He's fantastic. He carries the, sh he's not the main character, but he carries the show. So wonderful. And, uh, Lauren from yellow Lauren jackets, Ambrose. Lauren Ambrose, she's like the lead and she is so like fun to watch because you hate her. I mean, she's so <laughs> despicable and she's so fun to watch. And the other cast members are great too, but those two are the standouts. I would say they're brother and sister and they're, no, they're okay. great. Is this is this show completed or is it still mm -hmm. ongoing? Oh, no, nope. okay. they've wrapped up season four and it's like, you know, it's M. Night Shyamalan. So it runs slow. There's a lot of mystery. There's a lot of buildup. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really nicely. All your questions are answered in the last two episodes of the last season. So it wraps up really good. Um, it's not doesn't leave you on a hang. It, I mean, it doesn't disappoint. 
is what I should say. I've seen so many shows that the ending is just kind of lackluster or just whatever, or they do the the terrible thing of like an open-ended ending where it doesn't really have an ending. I don't like that. (laughs) Sometimes too, you know, they have writers on the show where it's like six years of their life have gone by and they're like, I want to move on. And so like the writer team moves on. And so now you have new people coming in. It's like, oh, let's just piece this together. We got to wrap this up. And so it just comes out really weird. I don't know. My girlfriend I, watched, uh, what is that show? Uh, Manifest. I tried. I didn't like it. I, uh, I was, I was another scenario of me. Just, I happened to be in the room while she was watching it. Okay. I guessed the ending of that show, <laughs> like two episodes into it starting yeah. season one, when she was watching it on TV. Mm-hmm. I don't know if nope. you have a similar problem, uh, where it's like you're watching a show and analyzing it and trying to just figure it all out as quickly as possible as opposed to just enjoying it. That's a huge issue I have with a lot of the shows that she watches. <laughs> I've, I've, I've done a good job of balancing that out. I, I hear you. I do that too. I'll, and with Manifest, it was the same. My wife watched Manifest as well, and I didn't enjoy it. I see it as kind of like filler TV where yeah. it's clearly actors. It's clearly a set. It's clearly written. Um, mm-hmm. The direction is, is wooden. Um, I don't know. Just that, that's filler TV in my opinion. And I avoid it at all costs. Um, there was, there was a scene in the final season that she was watching where like, there's a character that's died and another character comes in from like, it, it's, it happens in a house and the character comes in and sees the person has died. And he's like, I'll make up a name, but he's like, Oh, Julia, what happened? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm like, that is terrible acting. And it's like, it's not like, it's, I'm sure this guy's a great actor throughout the rest of it. But I was like, I just overheard that. And I was like, please rewind. I need to hear this and see what happens on screen. It's like, Oh, what happened? God, geez. Yeah. I mean, I, I do like some junk TV. I got to admit there is some junk TV I like, but I have to have something that makes me latch onto it. And in the mm-hmm. case of manifest, I didn't know any of the actors. I didn't know any of the directors or writers. And there was like no cinematography or music that like drew me in. So there was nothing yeah. for me. So <laughs> I just noped out basically. I have a problem with shows that look like they're filmed on a set. Me too. I, like it, yeah. it's like, it just takes you out of it. Yes. Or it's like, Oh, I can see <laughs> why they're filming at this angle because right there is the edge of that wall. It's like, I'm sure if you pan the camera two mm-hmm. degrees left, you'll see like some, some boom mic holding guy. Yeah. Standing on there trying to get their audio. And it, I'm going to shoot myself in the foot, but admittedly, that's, you know, one of the issues that I have with Wheel of Time is it's, it's a set show. You can tell it's on mm-hmm. a set. Um, and I normally don't like that either. Game of Thrones season one was very set-ish, yeah. but they really broke out of that. And from what I can understand, like this, the scenes I've seen from season two, Wheel of Time, it looks hopeful. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's going to be better. And they're hoping it's going to be the next Game of Thrones, of course. But yeah, the yeah, same issue with me. I don't like set shows, um, sitcoms or three camera. And I don't know. I'm with you. Yeah. I miss the establishing shots from season one Game of Thrones. One of the first yeah. uh, shots in that show, you have the opening scene. And then after the opening scene, there's an establishing shot of Winterfell. And it's just yes. a big wide shot of the castle. And I, I, there might be a knight riding across the hill. I don't remember, but it's just this big wide shot. And it says like Winterfell in the bottom corner. And it's like, yeah, it does. It takes two seconds of time to do that. And it, <laughs> it just establishes like you can see like the time of day, 
the season or whatever. Like it establishes like where they're at as opposed to, especially like in some of the later seasons where they jump around so quickly. It's like, where are they actually at right now? And it's like, I always thought the exact same thing. The first, like maybe one, two, three episodes, they did that and they stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they did the intro. They would change the scenery in the intros like that mm-hmm. musical intro. But I, I'm with you. I don't, don't understand why they didn't continue doing it because it it's seemed like, like you're adding a ton of extra runtime. It right. If you do that for like, and you don't have to do it every time you cut back to a scene. Cause you know, those characters are already in that location, but it's like, like I said, like it doesn't, it's 20 seconds at most per episode <laughs> at most. And that's a stretch. Yeah. And it's like, you could just do that. And it helps clear it up for people that don't know what's going on. And it just, it's a breather. It's like, all right, yep. we're in Winterfell. Let's see what's going on. I think a good yeah. way they could have done that too is um, they have symbols for each of the houses and symbols for each of yeah. like the, the places. So if they didn't want to keep saying Winterfell each time they went to Winterfell, they would just have like maybe like a, a little wolf in the corner or something. You know what I'm saying? Or mm-hmm. like, I don't know, yeah. using icons could have been a, a smart way to do that. Something. Missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, the last two seasons were a missed opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me, geez, uh, I don't even want to go there because I'll just, <laughs> I, I want to remember it fondly. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking forward to the books. I watched that show as it released. Me too. I want to say season seven was when my girlfriend started watching. So oh. leading up to that, we rewatched the whole thing, watched season seven. And then season eight came out. We watched that. And then uh, last, I don't know, like three or four months ago, we went and binge watched the entire show again. Okay. I was like, I want to I want to see if it's as bad as I remember. And not quite, but it is still rough <laughs> the last couple of seasons because you can if especially that we were watching it uh, like every every night we'd watch an episode or two, maybe. And then on the weekends, we'd binge like the rest of whatever season we're on in a couple more episodes. And especially when you get to those last two seasons, it's like the rate at which they're just fast traveling from location to location. Yep. And just the artistic liberties they take to make it make sense. (laughs) is just insane. Or it's like season seven in particular, when they go north of the wall, I'm going to spoil this for everyone. It's been out long enough. It has Uh, been. They go north of the wall to capture a, a, it's not even a white, it's just an undead. Yeah. And, it's like, oh, they're trudging along for days, it seems like, to get to right. it. And then Gendry runs back to the wall in what seems like a matter of hours. Yeah, five hours. Somehow they get a, ra- a raven to Daenerys in <clears throat> quick time, which is all the way across the country, mind you. It right. Go. They send it all the way over there. She hops a dragon, flies up there in less, and all this occurs in like the time it takes it to get dark. <laughs> it's like, what the heck is happening? Ha- what are you doing here? It, it yeah. wouldn't be so bad. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give, I'll, I'll give shows like a lot of leadway. Always mm-hmm. do. I mean, you're going to have bad things happen in even the best of shows. There's no such thing as a perfect show. I'm willing to give them some leadway, but because it was, they proved themselves to be so good at this show, and the first six seasons were great, and the stuff that they added in, they being, um, you know, Benioff and Weiss. The stuff yeah. they added into the show was actually good. They added some good scenes and good dialogue. They were very good at, at converting from the book and working with material that they already had. Sure. And so they had to start filling in the gaps themselves. Well, it really fell apart. 
I'll give them some credit for like a lot of that that little finger Varus stuff. Like that's all like um mm-hmm. yeah, show created. Yeah. And there's entire characters that are all show created. And I, I I really think that like what I'm trying to say is it is such a great job. So to like put out such, you know, crap for for the last two seasons, it was noticeably noticeably worse. Whereas if it was like that weird and that loosey goosey the whole time, we would mm-hmm. we would have been like, oh, fun. This is this is wild. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so like it. They got greedy. HBO told them you can have as many episodes as you want, as much budget as you want. essentially. Right. And they're like, we're going to cut it off because they wanted to go work on Star, Star Wars. Wars. Right. And then obviously that <laughs> fell through. Yep. Disney is probably like, yeah, we want people that aren't going to just get bored of working on the star Wars and move on and make it, you know, end up horribly. Right. And they were, and now they're doing the three body problem, which the entire story is available. So if they're able to just (laughs) convert that into a TV format, sure. You know, they might, it seems like they should be able to do a good job. But yeah, it's just those last two seasons of game of Thrones. Oh my God. It's gut wrenching. Even watching it back. I haven't rewatched. I haven't rewatched since then. I was watching as they were coming out, of course, and then I'd rewatch previous seasons, mm-hmm. listening to recap podcasts, you know, and then I was also reading the book at the same time. So I was all in. I was just a Game of Thrones nerd. So they yeah, really burned me hard. And I haven't gone back. <laughs> I was devastated. <laughs> yeah. I, the last episode, <laughs> the the series finale, I'm. I was sitting there laughing at it because I was so mad at it. I just Several had no other reaction. Yeah. I, was like, what is, I was like, what is this? What have they done? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, we're, we're hopeful that the books, because we're both book readers, obviously. So mm-hmm. I'm hopeful that, you know, George R. R. Martin, can, I know he can come up with a great ending. I just hope he releases it. I mean, stop sitting on it. I mean, Robert Jordan did it even after he was dead. That's the whole Wheel of Time thing <laughs> is like his book series. He died 11 books in and then he gave all his notes and to Brandon Sanderson to finish it off. And mm. so his story ended and it had a good ending. So <laughs> I have faith that George can do it too. Yeah. It's, he has uh, an assistant. I know that helps him with a lot of it. I forget her name. Yeah, so hopefully it all, you know, works out. I have, I'm, I am a game of Thrones nerd song of ice fire nerd. <laughs> I have all the main books. I have all of the side mm-hmm. books read through Me them. Too. I read the tale of the ice dragon. That's like Me a too. children's book essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, please <laughs> just finish the main series. It's like, I appreciate that we have all this content, but it, we want the main series. That's why we showed up for It's like, <laughs> why are you putting out all the side content? Finish the main stuff. The hedge Knight, though. I love the, those hedge Knight books. Have you read the three of yeah. those? Yep. Oh, yeah, I yeah. like those a whole lot. Yeah. So I got I'll- it as the, a night of the seven kingdoms, the, the one big book. Okay. All right. I got the, um, the, what do you call them? The, uh, what do you call those things? Graphic the novels. novels where the, oh, graphic novels. where the pages come to life. <laughs> I do not have that version of it. I've, um, I've read the books of them as well too, but the, the, you know, when the, they came out online first before they got published, they were like leaked. <laughs> so I was part of that crew that like read the leaked versions. And, um, then when they came out on graphic novels, I, I went that direction instead. Interesting. I'm looking at this now. All right. Looking at what? The graphic novel version. Oh. <laughs> Let me, I'll have to add that to my cart later. <laughs> oh, boy. 
Yeah, I'm glad. I mean, I'm interested. They're making that into a show. Into a, I think it's just like a mini series. What's that? The the Hedge Knight, Duncan Egg. I don't think that's been approved yet. They're doing the Aegon thing was. right now. Yeah, I, don't know. I have no idea. They it's there's been stories of the, like all sorts yes. of different shows getting approved and then canceled and whatnot. It's hard to yeah, keep track. There was five possibilities. Yeah, there was five possibilities, one of which was the snow, which they are doing, you know, the Game of Thrones continuation of Jon Snow. And then they're going to be doing, of course, House of the Dragon. I'm probably Mm going to be recapping House of the Dragon season two when that comes out, Um, because I I did enjoy that a lot. Um, I forgot all about House of the Dragon. But there is also lost my train of thought here, Jay Moskers. What happened? (laughs) I don't know the other shows that were. Oh, the right. Aegon the Conqueror. That's where oh, we're at. Okay. That's the next show that they're working on is like the, uh, the first men and Aegon the Conqueror first coming around and conquering the kingdoms and making them the seven kingdoms. Get to see big dragons. Yes. Yes, that's right. I, I'm hoping in house of the dragon, they actually show, uh, the cannibal. That was a, that's a cool dragon from the books. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. You're right. It doesn't have much of an impact on the story for the most part. It's uh, it eats a couple of people that try to tame it and some other dragons, but it's <laughs> oh, just so a cool like, big dragon, wild dragon. Yeah, I, d- I didn't really enjoy those. Um, the it was kind of dry. I read like a history book. It um, does, yeah. I mean, part so I of it too is like inaccuracies. Where it's like, oh, this person says this. This person says this is what happened. Uh, <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I, that's George Martin for you. He loves that yeah. kind of stuff, like different perspectives. But I just didn't get a lot of visuals in my head when I read yeah. that. So it didn't really do much for me. So Fair the enough. TV show did. So they I really do have. I crap. I forget what it's called. They have like a coffee table book version of Fire and Blood. That's what I have. Yeah. Oh, that's the one you have. Oh, OK. Yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's Fire and Blood, which is the big book. And then they have like a coffee table version that's like really nice artwork on every page that really helps tie it together yes. as well. Oh yeah. Flip through the artwork. Absolutely. But like, I reading, forget what that one's called. Um, um, I should go in the other room and get it. I'm in the wrong room. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's out in my living room. It's in the but, song of ice and fire universe. Yeah. Uh, Oh, it's the rise of the dragon is what it's called. Word. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, it's, uh, that was one of the complaints I've seen on like subreddits of for the, the show and the series and stuff is they're like, I feel like they're just kind of moving really quickly through house of the dragon. Like they're, it's like, they're like just skimming through it really quickly. They're not building up a lot of it. I'm like <laughs> reading it. I'm like, well, you know, this is like 50 pages in a book, right? right? 40, There's not yeah. a ton of content <laughs> to go on. It happens very quickly. And you, you know, everyone freaked out when the show, uh, Game of Thrones show, went off the rails and wasn't "quote unquote" like canon, so to speak, and it just it didn't make sense. Right. So they're not gonna. I, I can imagine why they don't want to just make up a bunch of stuff and throw it in there. <laughs> and if if you want it to be accurate to the the source material, it's gonna go pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna. I mean, that's that's a, supposed to be a good thing. I mean. I know that's an interesting thing, like with the show dark that I'm watching is like every episode, there's like, they introduce some kind of mystery thing. Like, Ooh, what's this? Then the next episode, it's like, Oh, here's the mystery solved. Now on to the next mystery. 
It's like mm-hmm. they solve like small mysteries as they go. And I really like how that is. So nice. I don't know. I, th- I think moving along quickly is, is the way to go, I guess. I mean, if that's what the script calls for and if it works. I mean, even like first season of Game of Thrones, you might go back and look at that and think, oh, this is a lot slower paced. And it is. It is. Uh, but it's there's still a lot happening, even though it's slower paced, if that makes sense. <laughs> you know, there, there are a lot of gears turning. There's a lot of, you know, backstabbing and stuff. But it is more of a slow burn for much of the first season. I mean, really, nothing. I mean, stuff's happening. Sure. But I forget what episode the king dies, and that's when it all kicks off. That's fairly late into the first season. Like episode six or seven. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, there's a lot of uh, road stuff and a lot of like showing you how long it takes to get from point A to point B, which just like you as you said earlier they kind of just threw that out mm-hmm. the window um yeah, cuz that's seven so i mean <laughs> the last three episodes where it kicks off so i mean seven episodes of just build up essentially but it's it was so good so good. it really was i i did not i had not read the books when i watched the first season mm-hmm. and so um yeah it was it was a huge surprise to me like those that episode 8 episode 9 the cool stuff that happens there, which I feel like I can't spoil for whatever reason, even though it's been 15 years. I mean, it's um, Sean Bean in a show. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> it's, I mean, it, it was I, funny. It, I loved it. Reaction to that. I was, was so like, hooked. It's like a Dukes of Hazard moment. Oh, how's Ned Stark going to get out of this one? And it's like, it pans out and you're like, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that got me into reading that whole series. Like I, at yeah. that point, um, I think at that point he hadn't written the fifth book yet. I don't think so. Winds of Winter. So I was mm-hmm. I'd read I read the first four before like season two came out, and then of course I read the last book when that came out too. Well, Winds of Winter is the uh, the next one. What is the A Dream of Spring? Yeah, it was uh, a Dance with Dragons. Was the, the fifth oh, okay one. okay? So Winds of Winter is the one we're waiting for. And, and then, then a dream spring is, spring the, is when we're like, okay, last one, supposedly. <laughs> well, I think, uh, I think storm of swords and feast for crows were supposed to be one book and you split it in two. One of them was, was split in two. I can't remember which ones. Yeah. Not a bad call. No, I mean, it would have been no, giant. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that, who knows? Maybe that'll happen with the other ones. If they come out, <laughs> <laughs> if, <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, before we continue, I'll I'll do the ad reads here before we get too far in. Uh, Sounds good. First off, we got Liquid IV back again to sponsor. Uh, as people know, I have gotten into fitness a lot more since COVID, and uh, you know I was stuck at home all day every day. I was streaming. I was, I mean, when you stream, you don't really get into great shape sitting at a computer talking to people for nine hours a day. So I got back into to working out, getting in shape. And so I built up a habit of drinking nothing but water. And over time, I realized this is a little bland. I need something more. (laughs) And I put it off. And then Liquid IV sent down from heaven. And now I'm I'm overselling this at this point. But Liquid IV showed up to sponsor the show. And uh, I've been drinking ever since. Uh, It's a category winning hydration brand, feeling your well-being. And their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. Uh, so it's one stick 
You get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. Uh, you just pour it into 16 ounces of water, shake it up. I put it in one of my, my shaker bottles, shake it up, tastes great, hydrates you. And uh, you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. Uh, there's 12 different flavors, three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. And it's very good. I have I had been drinking strawberry lemonade flavor, uh, but I recently got their new sugar-free white peach, which is excellent. Uh, I didn't know how I'd like it since it was sugar-free, but it is pretty darn good. Uh, I prefer sugar-free. Keeps it a little bit healthier. Uh, but yeah, you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code DJP15 at checkout. It's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code DJP15 at liquidiv.com. Link is in the description. It helps us out, helps support the show, helps us support our content and the people we work with. And uh, check out Liquid IV. I genuinely enjoy it. I drink it literally every day. Take it with me to work, shake it up. Drink it throughout the day. Sugar-free. What could be better? So check out liquidiv.com. Use code DJP15 for 20% off. Give it a shot. It's uh, it's generally good. I like it a lot. It's, it's the one thing I break my my water uh, habit for. Uh, this show is also brought to you by Zencaster. We Zencaster for every single episode of the podcast for 183 episodes now. Uh, we've been recording almost all of those have been on Zencaster. I think we picked it up like episode 10. So I've been using it for about a little over three years at this point. Uh, it's been fantastic for us. It makes it super easy to record. Uh, you just log in on your browser and you can start recording a high quality podcast right away. You send the link over to the guest. Uh, as long as it's not on Reddit, they can just click on it and join. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just click on it, join, enter the screen name. You're good to go breaks down everyone's audio track separately and records it locally. So if there's an internet connection issue for whatever reason, it backs it up, saves it. So you don't have to worry about it. It's super convenient. It's made recording the show unbelievably easy and efficient. Uh, so yeah, record studio quality sound and up to 4k video with your guests. So if you're, if you're into video podcasting, you get 4k, which is fantastic for YouTube or wherever it is you're hosting. Uh, Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. Uh, if you've thought about podcasting before and you realize that you need a lot of different tools and services, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Zencaster is an all-in-one podcasting platform, so you can create your podcast all in one place and distribute it to Spotify, Apple, and all the other major destinations. So you can go to Zencaster.com slash pricing, use code DJP15, and you'll actually get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. Again, that's Zencaster.com slash pricing. Link is in the description. Use code DJP15. DJP15. And you get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. If you want to have the same easy experiences that I do for all my podcasting and content needs, it's time to share your story. Use Zencaster. Use our code. Get 30% off your first month of any paid plan. Uh, again, can't cannot recommend Zencaster enough. They're uh, it it works flawlessly for us. We've never had any problems that weren't our own doing. And their support team. This is one of the uh, the things that people don't touch on a lot is customer support for a lot of these services. Uh, I had an issue. I forget what it even was at this point on my end, getting Zencaster set up for us. 
and I reached out to support and they got back to me within like five minutes or something. Uh, and I always appreciate that sort of thing when a business has a fantastic customer support system. It shows that they actually care about their customers and they're trying their best to make the best product that they can as opposed to just putting it out there and leaving you out to dry. So Zencaster doesn't do that. They're fantastic. Can't recommend them enough. So go check out the link in the description. Use our code. Get 30% off your first month of any paid plan. You can also try out the free plan. Just do a trial right away. And uh, yeah, test it out for yourself. Fantastic. Makes it super easy to record podcasts. So thank you to Zencaster for sponsoring this episode. So back to... Uh, Back to your regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> Back to me. Back to you. <laughs> yeah. So outside of like TV shows and things like that, is there other huh? stuff you keep up with? Do you keep do you game at all? You play any games or anything like that? I don't know if you're into that. I do not. Um, no? Okay. I used to. I I mean, like I was a, a you know a Nintendo person. I was a PlayStation person. Um, mm-hmm. I'm older. I'm 51. I have a son who's 27 now, and he's a avid hardcore gamer um and he always has been and he would you know always had the latest whatever it was he had it here in his room i'm in his old room right now because he's he's moved out by now um he could talk games to you um i got sick of them i can't even play board (laughs) games anymore (laughs) I, i have to have i mean i play like mindless stuff sometimes for sure like for me and my girlfriend, well, I try and find like co-op games because I find it as like a thing where it's like we're doing something together and like it causes us to think and like work on like team building skills. Okay. So like we we play stuff like that. And then for board games, like I don't like random chance board games. Like I hate stuff like Yahtzee. Exactly. Or like uh, <laughs> Sorry or whatever. Like I, there are games that we have that are like more complicated where it's actually like, all right, uh, you're some of them are co-op cooperative where it's like, all right, you're working together to solve a mystery or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Some of them are more goofy and fun. And we play a lot of them with like my little brother who's going to be 10. So they can't be overly complicated, <laughs> but yeah, cranium. I can't stand cranium. Yeah. I had a, what was it? When I was a kid, I had what cranium could do. I think it was what it was called. Yeah. That sounds right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I remember playing that. That was always fun. Uh, and that 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 game for people know combines a lot of different things where it's like you, you're like doing sketches. You run around the house to find specific things. If I remember correctly, I think there was like clay. So you have to mold there's clay stuff. Maybe. Sculpting. There's a musical element to it. Okay. Um, yeah, I can't remember all of it. It's been decades. But yeah, I remember <laughs> my da- <laughs> my daughter was really in. My daughter's younger. She's 17. But she was really mm-hmm. into it when she was, you know, like eight or nine. And a lot of the things are like stuff that she just has no idea what it is because it's asking yeah. for like trivia for an Alfred Hitchcock movie. And of course she knows. And so she would always want to play it, but then we'd have to sit there and thumb through the cards until we found something that she might possibly <laughs> know the answer to. Yeah. So it was kind of difficult. There was a, a game. My grandmother had passed away earlier in this year and we mm. divvied out like a lot of her stuff, like board games. My girlfriend, and I took a number of them. <laughs> One of them was Scategories. Yeah. There's a Trivial Pursuit one in there, too. I think it was Scategories we were playing. Okay. And one of the questions, I forget what year this her, the version was she had. And it was like, <laughs> I, I'm i trying to remember how they worded the question. It was like, oh, this uh, unique device is meant to be able to like process information. Like, or so, I forget how it was worded. And it was like supposed to be a tough question. And it's like, it's a laptop 
And it was interesting how it was phrased. Like they treat it like it was some sci-fi technology. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it's just a laptop. <laughs> and it like genuinely stumped us because the way they phrased it made it seem right. like it was some crazy technology. Like, oh, oh, it's just an everyday laptop. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. But yeah, no, I, I did want to ask you since you said your your son moved out. This is without going into detail. I don't want to okay. make you talk about your kids or anything. At what point do you choose to redecorate your kid's room after they've moved out? Is that like a point of contention? Oh, that's a great question. It's, I mean, in our case, it was not a point of contention at all. Um, Because my first, my first, my son, when he went to college, he went to college locally and he moved into a dorm. So of course, you know, we left his room as was. Mm -hmm. And then for his second year of college, he got an apartment with a friend, but it was not like a permanent kind of thing. So you know, we left his room, you know, as it was then like for his third year of college, it was pretty clear that he wasn't going to be moving back home. Mm-hmm. So it was like a joint decision. And it was like a, is this okay? It was like a, it was a conversation and it was a week long process of like going through his things and like figuring out what goes in storage, what goes to his new house, what are yeah. we going to keep here? And so we kind of like kept it like with a bed in here like just in case, you know, mm-hmm. like have a guest room. Um, and that probably wasn't until about three years ago. So that took about, took about three or four years for us to finally take a bed out of this room. Cause we're like, okay, <laughs> no one's going to need this to sleep in this room <laughs> anymore. So I guess that's how long it took about, about four years for the whole process. But I mean, my, my daughter, she already is talking about, you know, what she's going to do when she moves out. And she knows that her room is going to, you know, become like another craft room. And she's okay with that. I mean, we're pretty practical here in our family. We're the kind of family that tomorrow we're going to my mom's house to celebrate father's day. That's the Mm -hmm. kind of family we are. (laughs) Like if we can't get together in the day of a thing, it's like, okay, we'll just get together in a couple of weeks. Yeah, sort of how we are. I was just curious because like I never had that experience with my family. My parents left for work and I chose to stay in the area. So I didn't have a choice as to oh. I, like there's no point where it's like, oh, let's decide like when we redo his room. No, the house is sold. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no not, turning back. Thing. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm moving out. So I was curious like about like what other people's experience was like for that. Cause like I can imagine too where people are like, oh, you know, it's you know, maybe people think like, oh, you know, it's, you know, there's memories of them being here. Like, what if they come home to visit and it's right, something right. weird? How's it going to make them like, I can see why people wouldn't change it. I know my girlfriend's mom. I mean, she hasn't lived with her for uh, four years or something since she moved in with me. And her room is still sort of how she left it. <laughs> They've adjusted some stuff and her brother basically turned it into a storage room for himself. But it's, they haven't like taken the bed out. They haven't like rearranged it or anything yet. Yeah. Like, At what point do we? Yeah. Do you make it, it a point to be like this? <laughs> clear, she's clearly not moving back in. Yeah, I guess you kind of you kind of like figure that out through context clues and like through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we're not to say like we're close or anything, but it's like I know that he's not ever going to be in a situation where he like needs to come back here and if he did yeah. we'll we'll pull up we'll put a bed in here that's fine mm-hmm. it'll just it'll be in the way of my guitars but it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it was it was about three years in even before he graduated college that that we started 
taking down his posters and, Mm -hmm. you know, doing our own thing with this room. And that's when we started putting music stuff in here and it slowly became the studio. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I don't have any kids of my own, but like it, it, even I can like understand, like I could see myself years from now being like, they move out or whatever. I'm just like, this is their life. Like this is what their life. Like they have you know, posters <laughs> on the wall. Like, right. They're, you know, if they have like a bed in there yet or whatever in their closet and they still have like clothes there or something I'm like, <laughs> do I, like, what if they come home? Like I'm, I'm removed their like personality from the house. Like, it, it, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I, I don't know how I, I would deal with it. I could Let's also see. see at the same time, I could also see myself the second they leave for college, I clear it out. <laughs> I can see myself doing either thing. Who knows? Cause I'm very much like OCD like that. Where I'm like, this room isn't being optimized to its maximum potential. Clean it up. How do I utilize it best? Well, look at all of our family's cases. Like me, I grew up with my parents. I had an older sibling. It was two of us, my wife, exact same situation in her family. And then with us, exact same situation with our kids. So it's like, we're used to like the older kid moves out. The younger kid moves into the older kid's room. You know, that's just kind of how okay. our families have operated. And that's kind of mm-hmm. seemed like it's what happened now, except for in Charlotte's case, she likes her room. So she had no intention of wanting to come down to Caleb's room because it's downstairs and she likes yeah. being upstairs. So, you know, if she had wanted to move in here, like, and she was waiting for Caleb to go to college, that could have been a point of contention because she, she is pretty demanding. And like, if she had had her eyes on this room, it, it, it probably could have been a situation as it was, as it turns out, it was not thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I don't know what I'm going to do when I have kids. It's, it's weird. <laughs> I like the idea, but at the same time, I'm like, man, do I really want to like invest in building a new house right now? It seems kind of expensive. <laughs> you don't need, you You actually don't need a house. You just need to have a stable environment. It doesn't have to be a house. It can be anything. I need space though, too. Cause like, I, I mm-hmm. want, I want to have rooms like, let's, let's just jump five years from now and say I have two kids. Okay. All right. However, <laughs> age by, well, by five, they'll probably have their own rooms. They have their own rooms, so it's like two rooms for them, the master bedroom, and then I have to have an office for my work. So I'm like, all right, I don't gotcha. have four bedrooms now. This is problematic. <laughs> <laughs> Are you used to a house? Do you live in a house now? Yeah, I have a house. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. So, so maybe a maybe a garage might be the way to go. Or um, I don't be. know, but you're. It's a good point. You want to have an office. You're absolutely right. You should give yourself that. I'm the type of person where it's like I'm willing to spend extra money for like quality. Yeah. Just in general. Like I spend more on like better tools and better like audio equipment, whatever. So like I can see myself doing the same thing where it's like I'll just splurge, get a better <laughs> like I don't know if I'm gonna build or buy a new house. But it's like I I'll splurge and get more space, get that extra office, then when it comes time to resell for whatever reason, if we want to downsize or whatever. Well you will, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, I've invested in this larger house. I'll get more money back, especially right. considering my time, you know, improving upon it or whatever. You know, that's definitely the, the route I tend to take. It's just a matter of, am I going to build this or just buy a house and renovate? Sure. Yeah, that's like, a good point. because I, like I, I do like carpentry and that sort of thing. So I could see myself just buying a house and ripping it apart and putting it back together again. 
Oh, dang. Okay. I didn't know that you were, <laughs> you were that deep into it. I'm just a normal person that lives in a house. I've never built one. <laughs> mm-hmm. I work, uh, my, my full-time job, I work as a marketing coordinator for a number of companies. And a couple of those companies are a lumber mill and then a home furnishing company. So okay. I'm all, I was already familiar with like working on houses growing up because my, my uh, mom and stepdad built there's two, yeah, it was two houses I lived in with them that they, that I helped them build. So I have experience doing that, uh, except for electrical. I don't like messing with electricity. It seems risky, <laughs> uh, but like building the houses, like putting in like in-ground pools and stuff. Like I had all that experience growing up. So like as an adult, it's funny, like going over to like my girlfriend's mom's house and her brother is there. And like, I have to like replace like parts of the deck for them. And to me, I'm like, this is the simplest thing in the world. I'm sure. just pulling up planks and <laughs> screwing in new ones. Yeah. And they're, he's there watching like, oh, okay, I see how this goes. I'm like, for me, it's like, it's just obvious. <laughs> but I can totally understand how for other people, it's like, I have no idea how to begin doing this. Right. Like, he's looking at you like, I've never, I'd never even thought about that before. But then yeah. there's probably things that he could show you that are everyday things that he does every day that, you know, that, that you're not aware of too. I mean, we all have our things like that. My wife is the one who, I mean, I started out being the one who did the home repairs. I can do electrical Mm -hmm. work. I can do plumbing work and stuff like that. I can do electrical. I just don't like it because I know I'm reckless. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very, very careful. I'm I'm like, (laughs) I can't focus sometimes. I'm I'm sure you picked it up on it. Like even like when I'm talking to you here where I jump around very quickly, I can, there's absolutely going to be a point where I'm going to be, I'm going to turn the power off, mess with the electrical turn it back on to see if it works. It doesn't work. And I just get antsy and just start working on it right away without turning it back <laughs> off or something like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah, just, yeah. I'm not going to be able to like get my thoughts in order properly. And I'm going to do something <laughs> stupid. Whereas with like the plumbing to an extent, like I'm, there's no way for me to mess something up with the plumbing and have it seriously injure something or someone or like damage something inter- entirely. You got to do something really crazy. Yeah. For that to we, happen. Uh, we have a, we have a bidet. And I, when I installed that, I had turned the water off and you, you basically add like a split to the, uh, the hose yeah. running from the water supply to the one to the reservoir on the toilet and then one to the bidet. Right. And I, I did that and I attached it to the reservoir on the, the back of the commode. And then I was like, all right, let me see if that still works. Right. And so I turned the water on. <laughs> And obviously I haven't hooked up the bidet yet. So the water's just shooting all over the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, geez. And I turn it off. I'm like, why did I think this was a good idea? Why wouldn't I hook it up entirely and then test to see if it works? But no, that's not how my mind works, unfortunately. I looked, I must have looked ridiculous if you were to like walk in on that. It's just me sitting there on the floor, just soaked water, all like standing water in the bathroom. I'm like, oh, God. Hey, I've been there. Get I've the absolutely been there. It all up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I um I worked for a water company and one I oh, remember okay. this very well. One time I went to a house to turn the water on in a lake community, and like the the meter was turning like it always does. It's got to fill the pipes up, but it like just wouldn't stop turning. And like you hmm. know, it's normal for like up to like two minutes. But then after that point, I'm like, well, what's up? And I go there and start peeking in windows, and there's a a, a washing machine that hasn't been hooked up. 
So it's just full force, just spurting water all over the inside of this house. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, like there was nobody home. So yeah, I had to own up to that and call the person and they gave me the code to go into the house and clean it all up. It sucked so bad, <laughs> but I have been there. <laughs> um, you were saying something about, um, oh yeah, we were talking about doing stuff around the house and you were doing some, some planking work. That's what my wife is into. Mm -hmm. She's the carpenter of the family. So any uh, kind okay. of like, she built the deck that we have out back right now and she's working on a second deck for us and she's always finding projects. That's something yeah. I will warn you about getting these houses now and with all these big rooms and your office and your two rooms for your kids. That's great while your kids are there and then your office is there too. But like once you, like you said, once the kids move out, you have these extra rooms that nobody uses that you have mm -hmm. to like maintain and keep clean and they become full of clutter. And yeah. it, that's a dangerous. I'm very good with clutter to be fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm very OCD and I don't mean like, Oh, I thought you meant like you're good at cluttering OCD. <laughs> I mean, actual OCD where it's like, I need things to be incredibly organized. I'm constantly going through like the closets and stuff, clearing out things we don't need and donating oh. them. I don't like having excess just stuff. Come to my house, life. please. I yeah. need your help. <laughs> like I, I'm incredibly organized, which is probably one of the reasons I get hired at some of these places. They just realize they haven't organized things. Okay. <laughs> They're like, it's like, all right, come in. We have no idea what we're doing. Everything's out of control. I'm like, got it. And I show up and I try and clean it up. You're like Littlefinger. You you probably go in there and create the chaos and then you ride the chaos and you, you prove that you're the, you're the one who's most adept at it. I guess. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it, like I said, like, well, I, like I said, I'm the mark, I'm a marketing coordinator. The one, the one place I, I work with the furniture, they, they make custom furniture. They have a mm -hmm. shipping problem going on now. I have no experience with shipping, but I've been in the process of sorting that out for them because I'm like, you're getting bad reviews online right now because people are having sure. their shipments delayed and stuff. Uh, so I think I set up like an organizational system for them to get the shipping organized. Cause I was like, you have like, you know, legs for these tables that aren't here right now. Like why weren't these ordered? Oh, we didn't know that we needed them. It's like, okay, well how about this? As people are ordering it, you automatically, you have a, you know, a constant level. Like, let's say you always have 10 legs on hand. Every time mm -hmm. someone orders a table with these types of legs, you, you add that to a, a future order. So you yeah. constantly have legs here, but you're always getting more in as well. I'm like, oh, okay, we could do that. I'm like, why am I doing this for you? <laughs> <laughs> you're a logistics guy. That sounds great. Apparently now. Yeah. I'm, apparently I'm a <laughs> logistics guy as well as like an outreach guy. I'm cold calling guy. I'm sales guy. I'm, I'm just whatever needs to be done because i get frustrated i get frustrated with that i'm like i'm i want everything to be running smoothly sure all the time even if it's not my job I'm like how can i fix this because it, it annoys me hearing other people complain about that when i know it could be getting fixed and so i'm like all right time to be nosy and i just <laughs> move on it. i think also because like i'm financially stable enough that i don't i don't care if i annoy like the owners or anything like that. Right. So, whereas That's other people the, are like, yeah. if I say something, they're going to get mad. I'm like, don't, don't worry. <laughs> That's a huge advantage. I have that advantage now too, where like, yeah. you know, I have income coming in for music pretty good. And then for the podcast and a very little bit, but my, my regular job, you know, I'm very mm -hmm. stable there. And I have that same attitude now as well, where I've gained enough knowledge and I've gained enough, um, 
accreditations and I just got, I'm, I'm now a trainer. I train people on heavy equipment now, nice. which is something that you could do at any job. Mm-hmm. And I like my job. I like the people that are there, but I'm not tiptoeing around. I'm not scared to lose my job at this point. Cause I know mm-hmm. I could <laughs> easily work somewhere else doing the same thing. Um, but I like where I've been there for over 20 years. And nice. just like you said, like, um, yeah. I find solutions to problems that are very simple and easy. And I want things to run smoothly. Just like you said, sometimes you have to go through like a week of like really hard shit to make things run smoothly for a year. And that's worth it to me. Yeah. Um, instead of like always putting out fires. Yeah. Yeah. Let's think too. It's like they, people are worried to say something like, Oh, then they're going to give me a hard time. It's like, but like if they're, smart reasonable people they're going to understand like there's some of these scenarios where it's like they're ordering parts that are cheaper like let's say one thing is a hundred dollars and one's 50 they're ordering the 50 dollar one and i'm like but you're using three times as many as the 50 dollar part per Mm -hmm. job as the hundred i'm like it's costing you more money in the long run anyway why are you doing this and like oh well we didn't really know how many how off how they were using them we just knew that it was cheaper so like they weren't paying attention to like how the parts were being used or anything. I'm like, well, cause like one of my, the things I do is I take a lot of photographs for like, you know, social media and promotions and things like that. Okay. So I'm, I'm one of the few people that's actually going around the entire company every day. So it's like, I'm, I'm one of the few people that's actually interacting with every single employee okay. almost. So it, I'm yeah. getting a lot of this extra feedback information and they don't mind telling me because I'm not anyone's boss. I'm just the guy that takes pictures and talks to people. So like, they'll tell me things like, Oh, this is ridiculous. I can't believe we're doing this. I'm like, I think I can help you with that. And I had the, I literally did this today, earlier today, where it was that exact scenario where they were ordering towels, microfiber towels. And he's like, it takes me four of these microfiber towels to do the job of one of these. And it's like 50, it's like not even 50% more expensive for the better ones. I'm like, so we're basically paying in the long run, four times as much to do the same job. I'm like, I'll deal with this. And I went over to the guy in charge of ordering it. And I was like, you need to stop ordering this. <laughs> yeah. We have something in common there then. Cause that's the same deal with me at my job. Um, I work at a utility company and I started in the meter department. So I was reading meters for all of our uh, communities. Mm-hmm. So therefore I went to every single like location, every valve, in the company. Uh, and mm-hmm. most people, most of like the operators just work their one system, whereas we have 300 systems. So I, just like you, I was going around everywhere, talking to the wastewater guys, the water guys, the guys in accounting. Um, and eventually I've worked my way up to where I am now, where I'm a specialist at the job because of that, because I just paid attention in meters and applied all the knowledge to like the next level. And I was never afraid to, like you said, speak my mind and point out things that were wrong because you can do that in a constructive way. That's helpful to the company. Yeah. Um, and it's better for you to speak up than just to like keep doing things the, the crappy way and just waiting for <laughs> something to blow up. Exactly. Um, that's the problem. People get worried and they're like, God, oh, I just don't want to be bothered. I just want to do my job and go home. And then right. when things don't work out, they're like, Oh God, I have to deal with this. Like if you'd taken an extra <laughs> minute before, and just said something, you wouldn't be dealing with this. Sure. Yep. So I thought I, I 
f- figure out things that problems that people have the exact same way, just by happenstance. And because I order things, um, because I'm an analyst, because I make schedules, um, I'm able to help people. And just me, me becoming um, certified for the, the heavy equipment trainer, um, mm-hmm. that's helping the company big time because otherwise I would have had to schedule somebody to come into our office to, you know, train all of us and certify us. And it's like 300 bucks per person, or they can just send me through the courses and get the accreditation for it. And that's a thousand dollars. And that's Mm -hmm. so much cheaper than $300 for 30 people and just get this one guy certified. And now I can certify everybody in our company for free. Mm -hmm. So that's just a small example of that. It's like getting a hiring someone and getting them uh, to be a certified notary at like a larger company that would use that a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. It's nothing to add to that. (laughs) Sorry. There are scenarios where it doesn't work out for you going to these people and telling them, Hey, you should try something different. There are definitely people out there who don't take feedback. Well, if it's, even if it's constructive criticism, there are people who are like, no, this is the system I set up. I want it to stay this way. That's (laughs) that definitely happens. I know people that are like that. Yeah. You're right. Whatever. If there's a problem, you're going to know it's your fault. There's no way around it. <laughs> like the poor submersible guy, the poor yeah. CEO, like he went down with the ship literally. Like <laughs> he yeah. was, he was having all the problems and he's the one that actually had to, I, I don't know. I shouldn't joke about it. That's awful, but it's just, it's just um, kismet, I guess that the CEO and the guy who did all those um, regulations skirting was mm-hmm. actually on board the ship as well. Because imagine if he wasn't I feel on board. Bad. That I don't ship. feel bad for him. If I'm being, I feel bad for the other people. But I mean, like, I, he literally said safety is a waste. Right. And exactly. What down. if he had yeah. lived? Like, how would he have spun this? Would he have tried to like make some kind of shitty apology that pissed people off? <laughs> Every step of I just it. I'm I'm my question is like, why did these people get on the sub? Like to me, like I look at this and think, oh, this clearly isn't safe. It doesn't well, he ran like look. a dozen times but previous. So it he didn't was go down though. It didn't go down that far. The yeah. the previous number of times it got called off like three times in a row for like fog or whatever. That's true. That's right. And then before that, it only went down like 500 feet, a thousand feet or meters, whatever it was. And meters. Yeah. Meters. Yeah. This time it went down. I forget how far. And it's like, Carbon fiber, but the carbon fiber was not designed for this. It was out of date, so the glue holding it together wasn't safe. And they were told all of this. They fired the guy that brought up these concerns. It's like, and there's videos of the guy bragging about this, like on the guy who passed away, like bragging about how yeah, I'm a I'm a do it guy. I'm, (laughs) you know, this this is how great I am. This is how I save money, and this is how you know this is how the big shots do it. Can't sue you if you're imploded at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. But the, the surviving sense. family members can. I think I don't think that was an ironclad um, yeah, waiver that they signed. <laughs> I, I, I do feel bad for those people. because I, I do too. My especially assumption the is kid. they went into it, into it not knowing anything about like the safety behind it or like how the sub was built. Like they just thought, oh, this is a professional company. They're charging. Yeah, right. Surely it's safe. Yeah, they probably sat through some seminars where he was explaining right. to them how safe it was. Well, even, um, I don't know if you saw, there's the the very previous dive that got called off, the one right before the one that went wrong. Mm-hmm. 
there's a video that the guy took of them going down mm-hmm. and even the communication was horrible. I saw they that. Get, yeah. You see that where they're like doing I hand did. signals through the, the port window. It was unclear. Like, he gave him an okay sign and they're like, what yeah. is up? What? what? What's happening? And then he's like, yeah, give him an okay. And they're like, okay. And the guy's like clearly motioning, like you're still attached. Yeah. Like, the communication was so bad. And I'm like, I would, if that happens, I'm going to tell everyone like, Hey, these people have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. Why, at, why would you have the passengers be in charge of communication anyway? Like it, the whole thing was like, doomed from the start unfortunately yeah i guess he i guess he talks a big game um obviously to like you know bluster his way into the situation that he was in to do this um i mean i know there's other companies that kind of do this i know james cameron goes down and has gone down professional though (laughs) right yeah and he's going like regulated ships (laughs) yeah well that's my point is like you know, you have other companies that do it and then he is purporting that he can do it in his own entrepreneurial, you know, mm-hmm. kooky way. And I don't know, that's dangerous thinking, man. I don't know. I um, mean, I, I was, we were talking to my dad about this earlier in the week and like just from a purely optic standpoint, you look at like James Cameron's sub or uh, what's the guy? Gabe Newell owns like Steam, the PC game platform. He's very big into subs, I guess, as well. Just from an okay. optic standpoint, you look at their subs. They've got cameras all over them. On the inside, there's so many panels of buttons and switches and right. stuff. I'm like, <laughs> like uh, you could make that all up. It could all be fake, just LEDs. But I would trust you way more because it looks high tech. Right. Like the, the sub that went down, it was like, it was just a cylinder with one hole at the end. It was a tube. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And a knockoff PlayStation controller hooked up to like some screen. A monitor that was screwed into the uh, the yeah. hull of the ship. It was a wireless <laughs> controller too. That's what bothered me too. I was like, why would you do right. wireless? Your yeah. lives are on the line here and you're not even going to, you're going to trust Bluetooth. <laughs> I, I don't do wireless to podcast. So why are you doing that in a submarine? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like if you told me right now, my life was on the line, depending on the, my connection to this podcast. Mm. <laughs> there's no chance I'm switching to my laptop and, and doing this over Wi-Fi. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm like, even that, it's like, I was like, what did, there's no way that's cheaper to just do a wireless controller. It, there, it's just, no. it's a knockoff controller. There's no way it's cheaper to, to get a wireless one over a wired one. Even he's if it's a gamer. It's, it's what he's used to. So it's what yeah. he's always used. What has always worked. <laughs> <laughs> so he just keeps on doing it. There is that meme going around now where the reason they sank is because he got mad at the game and threw the controller and <laughs> smashed the, the porthole window. I don't like the memes. I got to say they like, they're so heartless and terrible. Um, <laughs> but that, yeah, that does sound like funny. I got to admit. <laughs> yeah. The, I don't know. The whole situation's a mess. Who knows? And then the company is like immediately posted a job opening for a, an operator for the sub. I was like, yeah. that seems pretty classless. Their they're website's still open. They're still, yeah, they're still advertising dives. And like, who is people signing still up gonna, for this now? <laughs> I think people are still going to do it. I mean, not probably not Titan company, but I, I think hope not. They're I would think this out would of date carbon fiber and doing everything they can to not, <laughs> make it safe 
Right. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's a, a great uh, thing to get in. I mean, exploration for like, you know, scientific purposes are great, but I don't understand why they don't for just recreational send purposes. subs down there. Yeah. That makes total sense to me. I don't understand yeah. why you have to be in it. Like surely it's, it's cheaper and easier if you're, there's nobody in it. Cause you're you not, do- at that point you don't have to pay for the insurance of it. I imagine. I'm sure it's cheaper that in that regard because you're not covering the cost of someone being uh, however many miles under the ocean in a trench. <laughs> well, I think that's it. You can't do it remotely because like when you're that deep in, you can't, hmm. you know, there's no control. So you have to have a, a human person like at that's the fair. wheel that makes sense. to control it. I don't, I don't know the science around it, to be honest. I don't either, but I just know that like that. I just imagine work. it's like a, a can on a string and you're shouting into it. <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> I mean, Just I do that. know where, where I work at, we have electronic transmitters and they send signals out to all the meter readers. And if they're under like three inches of water, they won't send the signal out. Hmm. And you know, this is, this is a cheapo, you know, not cheap, but you know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. submarine technology, but that's kind of the analogy, I guess, where like it gets deep enough. You're not going to be able to reach it anymore. Too I just dense. assumed we were at the point in time where we had the technology that it could pass through water, but yeah, I thought we'd have flying I, I'm, cars. I'm constantly too. <laughs> overestimating a lot of these things. <laughs> we've, we, we've gone backwards in some respects. Like, I over like, if you imagine like the American, like nuclear arsenal, you probably think like, this is the most high tech, high effort technology in the world. They're literally using like old floppy disks. <laughs> It's like, this is actually terrifying that this is the technology being used for it. At a certain point, you're going to get people in here. I'm sure they already do that. Don't know what a floppy disk is. And it's going to confuse them to no end. True. Well, I mean, they're really impractical, honestly, but I mean, if there's, there's data that can't be transferred on them, then you still have use for them. I'll listen to cassettes still. I mean, so heck yeah. I, I mean, somehow I'm young enough to have remembered listening to cassettes. You, you do or don't remember? I do. I used to have one okay. of the little portable cassette players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. A Walkman. Uh, I don't know where it came from. I just, <laughs> at some point or another, it made its way into my possession and I had it for some time. I don't came know from, where it's at now. Came from Sears or JCPenney or perhaps... It was probably uh, my parents or my aunts, <laughs> someone. And uh, it just stayed at my grandfather's house when I was a kid and I arrived and there it was. Oh, so you didn't like, it wasn't like new. It was like you received no. like a, an old tape deck and you're like, heck yeah. It I could like have been this. my grandfather's for all I know. I have no idea. It was just, <laughs> it was in that house. And when I showed up, there it was. And I listened to it. Not even my own cassettes. It was. Yeah. What cassettes did you had. listen to? Uh, he had a lot of like Johnny Cash. He had like a lot of fifties and sixties music. Like the, they weren't like now that's what I call music, but it was stuff like that where it was like, yeah. Co- compilations. Yeah, those yeah compilation albums and CDs and cassettes were really big um, in the seventies and eighties, and yeah, we didn't like them. We we like real albums that have themes and are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you know, I I I do prefer listening to whole album. Like currently, I prefer listening to whole albums over playlists. Absolutely, I'm the same way too. Um, I've, I mean, I understand compilation albums. I understand why they sell and why people like them, but I just. Mm -hmm it's not for me, I guess I like to have, I don't know, the same musical tone and whatever for at least 30 minutes. 
You're getting the like, whole story of the album as opposed to just a snippet of it. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, a song is fine if that's all you got, but if you're sitting down listening to music, I don't want to jump from like, you know, five different tracks from five different bands. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I do, I mean, I do put stuff on shuffle when I'm not paying attention and just kind of looking at my phone, but if I'm listening to stuff, it's, it's pretty much gotta be, I definitely prefer an album and I'm a musician too. I'm guilty of it as well, where I am addicted to releasing singles. I'll have like two songs completed. I'm like, I'm going to release them. Yay. Um, I have released one album and I've released like four EPs, but um, I'm guilty of it myself because it's so easy to do now. It's so easy to self publish and just release a song, write a song and release it in the same day. I've done that. Because you have it done. So it's like, well, why wouldn't I put this in front of people? Right. So I, I can understand the, the appeal of the singles because I'm guilty myself, but something to be said for like, you know, a band that dials into like a particular sound and mm-hmm. tone and mood and maintain it for a whole album. Um, you know, even the kids do this, like Taylor Swift is very good at that. We're like making like an album that, that flows well. You're Each getting a fully flows into the out next. concept as opposed yeah. to just an idea here and there that aren't really connected. <laughs> right. So you listen to my music intro void and there's a bunch of weird ideas that are not connected and it doesn't flow well. <laughs> All right, well Guilty of my own garbage there, I guess my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, but, I, um, I, mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was waiting for you, my friend. <laughs> I was going to say, I, get, I, I think just spending so much time, like my mom, uh, my parents separated, you know, when I was super like a year or so old, Right. So like I spent a lot of time with like my grandparents growing up because my mom would be at work. So Same. I think that gave me like not just an appreciation, but it just gave me like an opportunity to spend time with like technology that a lot of people might. I'm, I'm 29 for reference. So it's, okay. it's a lot. A lot of people my age wouldn't have had experiences like cassettes and like records and v, like I guess VHS is, is probably on the fringe of that. It's a cassette. Yeah, basically <laughs> it's a yeah. visual cassette. Yeah, so I, I guess uh, that was probably f- right around that the end of that because DVDs came out late '90s, early 2000s, I guess. That sounds about right. And yeah. I was the same as you, except for because I'm older. It was the exact same scenario, and I was, you know, going to my grandparents' house a lot, and he had mm-hmm. a bunch of older stuff, like an old organ, and right. like you know, old LPs and stuff. And so, like, I got into that stuff, and it was it was old technology at the time because, you know, now everybody's got these new cassettes and these new CDs and I like the old stuff at my granddad's house. So yeah, that, I think that's a, a timeless thing. It'll be happening years from now mm-hmm. where, you know, <laughs> some kid now will be like, you know, I like PlayStation four. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. my jam. Yeah. It's, it'll be interesting to see, like, especially my, like I said, my little brother who's adopted. That's why he's so much the age difference. He's going to be 10. It's interesting to see like his perception of stuff because he's grown up with mm-hmm. the internet essentially. Not that we right. let him on it all the time when we go to visit him or anything, but like this is someone whose entire life he's had yeah. access to the internet. He's had access to the world essentially of information at all times if necessary. And it's like when I was a kid, like we didn't have that. If I needed information on something that wasn't readily available, I'd have to look up like an encyclopedia. Right. Or like find a book on that specific thing. The card catalog. Um, that was our internet. Yeah. It was like, 
you couldn't just like pull out your phone and find the exact answer <laughs> immediately. Like even like, um, I remember like when I was like really, when I was in like second grade, we all got into like, you know, we had our game boys and stuff playing our games on there. And it's like, mm-hmm. how do we, how do we do this? How do we beat this? It's like, nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> you can send away for the game guide. If you send $19 yeah. and some, uh, proof of purchases, we were eight years old. We didn't have money. <laughs> That was a form. Okay. That was a thing adults had, uh, and there was an infinite supply of it, as far as we knew. <laughs> I remember um, being a teenager and having like a an NES uh, Nintendo system, and they didn't have a save feature on um, Super Mario. Yeah. So I would just leave my game. I would just leave the console on overnight, and then come <laughs> back to it the next day. That was the yeah. only way I could save my game. Yeah, those were the first games I had. Was the original Mario Brothers. I remember playing like uh, even on the Super Nintendo then, like Donkey Kong Country and stuff. Sure. And that was, you could get like, at a certain point, you'd get like codes you could enter to yes. skip through certain points. And I was like, oh. They've always been around. Even <laughs> even the joystick days, like on the um, old Mario machines and like the old um, original Street Fighter games. If you knew okay. like the joystick combinations, that stuff was mm-hmm. like from the 70s. They were doing the joystick button combos for you know, cheat stuff and it would yeah. be word of mouth. You know, people would teach each other at the arcade. Um, but yeah, that'd be, they'd be started doing those magazines where they would like in the back of the magazines, people would write in their codes for certain games. Um, yeah, that's, that's, it's really neat. That's always been around. It's probably been around before gaming. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure like computer people back in the fifties probably had their weird shortcuts and their weird codes to do cool stuff. Yeah. It, there was some, I remember Allison, one, not Allison, one, uh, Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. There was an old Wizard of Oz game. And uh, I remember I found the code. I forget how through like a book or something where my friend showed me. Because uh, I'd mentioned it to him. And it was a code like to skip to the last level of the game. <laughs> uh, which is the Emerald City. And you get there and it just unlocks everything for you. Because you need it in order to progress. And then I remember realizing like, oh but I don't know how to play the game with all this other stuff. <laughs> Correct. So I just couldn't do anything anyway. I was like, this is a waste. <laughs> I missed yeah, that, the entire part of the game that explains how to play the game. Yeah. And you haven't gotten the, the, the intricacies of the controls down and exactly. learned how to get to yeah. the, from that ledge to that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. It, it's a different time. It's a different time. I know we, over father's day weekend, we went out to visit and, uh, we were explaining to him that like so much of like YouTube and stuff is advertising and he didn't get it and didn't believe it. He brought up, I, I mentioned this on the show recently too, like Mr. Beast. And I was like, like I, I'm pretty sure right now he's the biggest YouTuber in the world. Yeah, and, he is. Yeah. And I was like, you know, most of his stuff features heavy advertising and he's like, he doesn't advertise at all. I'm like, how, Okay, let me pull up a video of his. It's like, all right, first thing he does, check out the new merch. And he's like, and his top like post is like the link to his shop. And you open it up and it's bright, flashy colors. I'm like, this is all yep. advertising to children. Doesn't matter yeah. how nice of a guy he is. Seems like a great guy. Very nice, very polite or whatever. Sure. Seems to be doing a lot of good in the world. It's still advertising. He's still like doing his best to promote it and put it in his front of as many people as possible to make money to continue to further his, his mission. And he's like, he's, yeah, but like, yeah. I could just watch the video. And I'm like, okay, he's showing off his chocolate for you now. That's advertising. <laughs> and then 
there was that. And then are you familiar with native advertising? Maybe not the term. It's it's advertising that's meant to look like normal content. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So like there's like stuff like that where my little brother was watching a video. He's like, no, it was a video and the woman was showing how to chop like food up with these knives. I'm like, that was an ad. He's like, no, it was a video. And it's like, that was an <laughs> ad that was built into the video you were watching. Just because the person who made the rest of the video was doing it doesn't mean it's not an ad. It was them being paid to tell you about how great the product was. Even you, even your dad that might watch Mr. Beast and not care about the commercials and not buy his products. Well, it was my little brother also helping him. Yeah, What's that? My dad had no, it was my little brother watching it. My dad was well okay. aware of this. Well, yeah, yeah. But, but your but your dad, even like if he watched it one time and said this sucks, mm-hmm. he's also helping Mr. Beast right there by you know bringing up his numbers. True. Yeah. Yeah. So no matter you know even if you don't buy his products, you're still helping just by clicking and enjoying him that's what he wants you to do he's trying to get himself in middle america too by like getting in all the convenience stores because you can't go anywhere now without seeing his face or his hamburgers or his chocolate bars (laughs) yeah it's it is weird especially working in marketing and advertising like how much information is just out there for it there's ai now where you just go there you type in like a particular industry or an area or whatever and you could find all the people that work for that company, all of their yes. like personal contact information, like anything, get their phone numbers. I'm like, this is creepy. And I, that's part of why I'm so happy that like, I have very little of my actual information online. Like <laughs> I don't have Facebook or anything. Like I have the okay. Dennis Productions brand accounts, but it's not my information. It's not my name. It's not my phone number. It's not my personal email. Like, but still we could still i could still set up an ai bot to um to say okay listen to all of um the dead jesters productions podcast and i want you to make me a podcast mr ai that is in the voice of jay Mosker. Oh, for sure yeah and you could absolutely do that <laughs> i my what i was referring to more was like people being able to sell your information to other advertisers oh right okay like, sure like if you're on facebook Facebook sells your information to advertisers. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Out of doubt. Yeah. They make about $900 a year on it per person. I mean, Uh, I see how it works because like when I watch a new show like Silo, you know, I'll be mm -hmm. Googling Silo, Googling the characters' names, and then the advertisements I'm getting are like, you know, come check out the Silo store. Um, You know, you like this show, why don't you check out this show? You know, it's, uh, it's immediate. As soon as I plug in like a band I start listening to, I'll immediately start getting ads for their merch. I mean, yeah. it's instantaneously almost. Yeah. I When I started working in marketing like seven or eight years ago, uh, I was like, oh, okay. I, I was fortunate before that I was also sort of unplugged because I was just too busy focusing on real world stuff as opposed to online. And so when I got into it, I was like, oh, okay. Started using a VPN, uh, started mm-hmm. using like as many uh, like hidden browsers as I could just so sure. I, my information wasn't tracked at all. And I would know I was doing well when like the ads that popped up had nothing to do with me or what I was searching for. <laughs> I wish. Oh my God. Yeah. I wish <laughs> I'm 50. I mean, so I'm always getting ads for like death and insurance <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> your children are plotting behind your back with what they want to do with the inheritance. <laughs> exactly. 
sort your will out now. It's like, oh, geez, I'm not that old. <laughs> I wish I would get some ads that had nothing to do with me. I would love yeah. that. That's a great goal. I mean, it, <laughs> it still does happen with Amazon, which I hate Amazon to begin with for the most. They've been messing with me a lot lately. But like we have the Amazon devices in the house that listen in. And uh, before we got a dog, uh, we were talking about like, you know, getting the dog and everything for a while. And, you know, <laughs> oh, we should see if we can get this on, on Amazon right. or whatever. And then I'd go on Amazon and be like, dog recommended for you, this brand dog food and this and that. I'm like, I've never shopped for this online or <laughs> on Amazon. And yet here it is. Yep. Where did that come <laughs> from? I wonder. Man, that's, yeah, that's spooky. Um, we don't have any of those products like that, but yeah, Amazon absolutely knows my, my browsing habits. Yeah. I've, I've been on Facebook since it began. I was on MySpace when it began, Instagram, yeah, once it began. It's just not, um, for me. I just didn't care what people were doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm at that point now. And it's not that, not that I cared what people were doing. I was always in bands. So, you mm-hmm. know, connections are important. And so like social media is perfect for that. And like, you know, seeing what bands are doing what and finding band members and keeping in touch with people. And, you know, of course, if you want to, you know, advertise to um, people that are like in your same demographic, you can't just like be like an ad. I mean, you have to be engaged, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, being part of like um, social networks is helpful and being part of groups is helpful, too. That I was really into. That's what I like most about MySpace. I remember was those groups. And then when the Facebook song to autoplay, when people went to your page, Eh, I did all that too, man. I wish, I wish (laughs) I hadn't wasted weeks of my life setting up my MySpace page. What a waste that was. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, if I did it now, it would just be a black screen with my name at the top. That's all I would do. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I, I, I did all that weird stuff, but the, um, I really enjoyed the groups. I guess my whole point is, is like the, the same people that are in the MySpace groups that I met back in the early 2000s or maybe even the 90s, like mm-hmm. the Richmond groups and the metal band groups and the Richmond metal groups and stuff, we're still in the same communities, not on MySpace, not on Facebook, but we're all still connected via Reddit or Instagram mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, nice. So there is value to it. I've never been one just to, you know, peruse or talk or brag about my kids or things like that, I guess on it. Mm -hmm. And I really strongly avoid that. So I guess my algorithm has figured that out for me where my phone looks much different than other people's might when they're perusing those things. So I can see why it's a turnoff, but I mean, if, if you're using it for a specific purpose, metal music, skateboarding, um, you know, movies, then that's all you're going to see. And that's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, there's it's it's very easy to force it to form around a particular results driven format. Kind of, yeah. Where it's like, okay, I will, like I I actually do that for my job a little bit on my work laptop. Where uh-huh. It's like I want this to pull as many results from this particular industry as possible. I want to get ads from this industry, right? So I'm going right. to sit here and put in specific keywords into Google to make it think I'm really invested in this and my entire <laughs> life is now revolving around this. And then I, and it's like, all right, yep. cool. Now I'm just going to go to some sites to collect information and ads are going to pop up that are relevant to what I'm trying to find. So I'll know who's spending money, who's not and that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to try and use it to your advantage as opposed sure. to being used for, 
used by it. I tried that on TikTok because I heard that TikTok has a real responsive <laughs> algorithm and yeah. I, it, not successful. I'm not a fan <laughs> of it. I mean, I'm, I'm on there and I post like videos of my podcast, but I never look around on it because I've tried to force the algorithm and it has not worked. There's mm-hmm. a particular person that always comes up as soon as I open up my TikTok and I, they say like, if you don't want to see something, just scroll up really fast, scroll away from it. So how come every time I open my phone, I have to scroll away from this person every single time. And I never look at it as soon as like I'm done posting my thing, I turn it off. But it, I would think it would try to give me different things to be like, oh, okay, well, you don't like that. So maybe we'll give you some things that are related to what you're posting, but it doesn't do that. So I, I just don't, either I haven't figured it out or it hasn't figured me out. Um, yeah. So it's a platform I don't, particularly enjoy i just put stuff on there and you know add to the chaos i guess (laughs) that's the one platform like even with instagram like facebook and twitter and stuff like i have brand accounts on those because i've realized that it's valuable for us Uh uh-huh tiktok i know would be valuable for us i just refuse to use it when it when it first launched and they like made it clear like oh yeah this is sending information back to china i was like no thanks I just can't be, but I don't care enough. Like even like, I don't, I don't use Instagram or Facebook at all. Like I'll, I, I have it set up. So we'll start posting more on those. Um, like Twitter, I'll at least browse like what's going on, like what's trending to see just for information. If I want to bring something up on the show. Okay. But like TikTok, I'm like, I just don't care. Like I don't enjoy that format even to like watch stuff like YouTube shorts, yeah. TikTok in general, like even Vine when that was big. Like what seems like 20 years ago, but actuality was like seven. Yeah, that's Uh, right. (laughs) uh, Like even then I was like, I just, I don't enjoy this. Like like, quick getting to the point, getting out like as quick as possible. I'm like, I want to, I want someone to tell me a story. Like I want to sit down and actually enjoy something if I'm watching it. Yeah. I don't enjoy the short, I don't enjoy the like videos in general. Like when I look at my phone, it's, either images or words um, or Mm. pictures or words. I don't really like looking at videos and the TikTok I only got into recently because I've learned the value of making like one minute shorts of my podcast and putting that on YouTube shorts and TikTok and Instagram. But just like you said, if I'm perusing sites, it's Instagram and Reddit, no other sites am I perusing like to see, Oh, what's going on? It's, it's almost always Reddit and then Instagram for the visuals. Yeah, I haven't even had time. Like, it's been ages since I've actually sat down and, like, scrolled through Reddit or Twitter or anything. Because I just don't have time. I'm too busy. So, like, the only thing I have going on on my phone generally throughout the day, other than responding to messages, is, like, I'll put podcasts on or I'll put YouTube on, but just listen to it. Like, I'll listen to podcasts on YouTube. Yeah. Or I'll have videos on where it's not really visual focused. It's people doing something maybe, but I can just listen to it and enjoy it even if it's not an actual podcast or anything. It's like, I do that because I need something in the background while I'm working. I hate yes. sitting in like complete silence. <laughs> Me too. I always have music going always. Yeah. Either my earbuds or it's in the air. Uh, one or the other. Hmm. But yeah, I yeah. mean, I guess the time that you might be spending, like if you're gaming, for example, that'd be the time that I'm perusing Reddit, I suppose hmm. is like, you know, if my wife is watching something on TV that I'm not interested in, that's a perfect Reddit moment right there. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, even gaming, I haven't spent a ton of time doing that lately because it's just 
I've been focused. I obviously have my job and then I focus so much on like building our website out, outreach and stuff, just setting stuff up. That's not like Ooh. customer let's, facing, so to speak. Let's talk about that. The website. So do you have like a, um, a, a target like goal launch or do you have I, like a, I, like a frame of time you're looking forward to? I don't like saying it. Cause like, Oh, sorry. Mark. <laughs> sorry. I, I don't remember if I have on like the most recent episodes that were recorded that aren't out yet. But like, I think I mentioned it before the show, actually, before we started recording tonight, that I was hoping to have it done by this weekend. I don't know that I will. Uh, oh, so that's soon. So like, a, like, July. okay. Yeah. So I don't think I mentioned this on the podcast, on the solo one. Like it's almost done. It's been almost done. Uh, part of, to break it down is, you know, like it's the focus of the new website is less on our content and more on just the podcast and helping other people with their growth. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. The focus around the website is largely based around working with other people. And so for the most part it's done, but I wanted to add in like a, you know, quick start guide for people. And Mm -hmm. it was something I wanted to do on our old website and I had started working on it. And then I realized the old website uh, is just too outdated and I was like, I, this need, the whole thing needs to be redone anyway. I'll, I'll start working on updating it. And so I started doing that. And then I realized this isn't working. And so now I've been rebuilding a new one from or building a new one from scratch. I think that's really so, cool. I like that. So th- that's what the time issue has been. is just figuring out like that. It's more work that I really needed to do than I originally thought. So building it from scratch is what's taken a long time. And then, like I said, the quick start guide has transformed as i've been working on it so like now i have like there's a youtube quick start guide uh there is a tiktok one which i had to do a lot of research on because i hate tiktok <laughs> yep, i'm like if i'm gonna do this it. i have to have it there for people <laughs> yeah uh, podcasting and then what i have youtube podcasting tiktok i feel like there was something else on that but i can't remember off the top of my head uh so i put that together now it's just making it look that look good um okay and then replacing the imagery on the website because right now it's just stock photos that i threw up on there just to fill in the space to see how it would look yeah so it's just it's most of the images are of random women just like lounging around on their phones or whatever because it was the first (laughs) images that were available that's great Uh, this is this is what our podcast is about if you were to look at the website it looks bizarre because it's like (laughs) what does this have to do with anything he's talking about on this page so yeah like it's mostly swapping out the the imagery at this point. And then I'm going to go back through and just try and break the website just to see. Cause if you don't do that, someone's going to click on something that doesn't work properly. Exactly. Problem quality control. Yes. Yeah. So that's really what I'm working on. So it's just, I have the quick start guide done as far as like content wise, it's just a matter of making it look nice on the page now. Uh, And just figuring out how I want to format it. Uh, so the, the quick start guide to quick rundown for people is breaking down like the basic tips for getting started. I'll use YouTube as an example, like getting a channel started. And then it's also going to include like uh, tips on how to make it as successful as possible from the get go. So like having at least 20 tags, uh, you know, uh, attributed to it, having those tags in the description, best way to create, you know, the title have a high definition thumbnail, uh, adding chapters in and like all of the best practices uh, for 
each YouTube video. And it's going to be that for like podcasts, TikTok and so on. Uh, and I'll expand upon that over time if people have interest in it. So I was like, that's, that's what I've been working on trying to get that set up for people. Uh, just so that if, even if they're not interested in working with me directly, if they stumble upon the website, at least they're hopefully getting something useful out of it. Uh, at yeah. least that they don't I have think to commit great. to anything for. Uh, cause at the end of the day, like I really just enjoy working with people and talking to people and creating stuff. Even if it's not my own content, I can, you know, be like, Oh, that's really cool. This person, I work with them. I'm watching their platform grow, you know, from whatever it was it started out with when I started working with them Yeah, and uh, being able to see like they're excited, like the number of people I've worked with were watching them be like, Oh my God, like I've hit Twitch affiliate now. This is, this is great. Like it took them so long to get there and now seeing them hit that and watching like that snowball effect is, is super interesting, especially watching like how different people react to it is, <laughs> is uh, fascinating. Yeah, that is so, neat. Yeah, I love for a specific time frame. I don't know. I, I don't really want to say because okay. odds are something will come up and I'll be delayed again. But it <laughs> should be soon. It should be really soon. I'm I'm so close, and I really like, want it to be done because I'm tired of working on it. I'm, <laughs> I I want to get to the point where it's just me like managing it and updating it over time as opposed to building it. Just like we were talking about earlier, you gotta you gotta get into the thick of it to make it run smooth. So yeah, you're in the thick of it now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love design end. stuff. We're at the end of like, the forest though. I can see my yeah. way out of the, the brush. <laughs> it, the behind the scenes stuff is stuff I like doing a lot. I like um, mm-hmm. putting together videos. I like putting together like Photoshop images and trying different fonts out. And I'm really, I'm really into that part of it. And I really yeah. love editing mm-hmm. audio, whether it's music or words um, I just enjoy the the waves and <laughs> making the waves work and making them sound good. Um, I don't know. I, I really like that aspect of it, like the building part of it. And as for having something for other people, that's great because it's not just like, you know, look at me, you're like offering a service. I almost feel like that's what we're doing with our recap podcast. That's what I kind of tell myself when I feel bad. I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, I'm helping other people here. Like I'm helping them understand the show. I'm teaching them about the actors and the characters. Um, so I, that's what me and Lindsay kind of agreed to when we started doing Dark. It's like yeah. the show is like four years old. Like, what can we bring to it that's you know going to be valuable to other people? Mm-hmm. And you know, Lindsay had already done like written recaps of each episode and like already gone into detail. So you know, half the work was already done for us, but that's what we wanted was to, that's what she wanted was for Mm -hmm. people to understand the show and to anything that's like confusing them. Because when we first watched it, we were confused too. So (laughs) we want to help those people along. (laughs) And it's it's not for the, not for their podcast or for their livelihood. It's just for their entertainment. So Mm -hmm. I got to admit, you know, what, what I think what you're doing is more helpful, but I think what I'm doing is just, you know, for fun. Even so it provides a service to people. Sure. You're providing them the service of entertainment. You know, And we're doing something good for ourselves. We're working yeah. and we're enjoying our work. Part of the reason I got really invested in working with people behind the scenes, I started doing this years ago before I even really promoted it through our, our brand was I would go on to like small YouTubers or YouTube startups on Reddit, like these subreddits. And there were so many posts I'd see where it's people going like, I don't know why I'm not getting more views. 
Like I'm uploading like all the time and it's kind it's like, first of all, your attitude is horrible about it. Like you shouldn't demand like that you right. see success. Like that's not how it works. You don't tell and the then, people like, who showed up, like, why is nobody showing up? Cause those people yeah. are there. <laughs> and, and I'd work with them and be like, listen, like your content, like I, sometimes it's harsh, but like I have to be true with them. Otherwise it's not helpful. I'm like, oh, listen, I gotta be honest. Like, your content is sort of generic at times. Like you're just uploading gameplay of you playing a game or it's just a video of you like vlogging. I'm like, think to yourself, like why would people watch this over the most popular creators in the same vein of content? Sure. Like why would anyone watch me, uh, you know, doing a pools and hot tub and spa like <laughs> live stream when right. there are plenty of attractive women out there doing that? They wouldn't. They're going to watch them instead of me. I'm like, if you're not doing something to stand out, right? You shouldn't expect to see a huge wealth of success because it people want to watch the best at whatever category it is they're interested in. They don't want to watch someone do it poorly or half heartedly or just for you know money. I think a lot of that comes from like they see other people who are very personable and already mm-hmm. have a following to begin with. Yeah. Um, they can put up some, like, I'm going to save the Bill Burr Monday morning podcast, for example, mm-hmm. when you started that, that sounded terrible and the, the editing was bad, but because he, he was a, a personal, what's that? He already had a following too at that time. Right. He had a so like it was audience. built in. Yeah. So then like jack offs who like listen to the show and like, Oh, I'm funny too. I can do this as well, but they don't have a following. So they, they've kind of, they kind of skipped a step there. Um, I think one of the most important things, and you probably already know this is um, the first one minute of any video or podcast has to at least, you know, it can't, it can't start out with like five seconds of silence or, (laughs) or it can't start out with right, right away with an ad. I mean, Mm -hmm. there has to be something of value in that first minute to keep people listening. So a lot of times when I get suggested to listen to a podcast and I listen to it, the first thing I hear is like static for five minutes. And then I hear a fumbling of a mic and (laughs) then somebody talking, Um, you know, you could have edited out that first eight seconds and you would have had my attention much better. Yeah. There's that. And people don't understand the marketing side of either. They think like you look at, I'll use Mr. Beast again, where it's like, oh, he uploads a video. And people just watch it because it's him, yeah. which to an extent is accurate. People are searching for Mr. Beast all the time. So his newest content is going to get views by default. But if you think he's not marketing that in some way, you're out of your mind. Like <laughs> He is paying to promote it on like Google. I mean, I'm sure he has some sort of agreement with his partnership with the YouTube to get it promoted extra because it brings them in a bunch of revenue. Yeah. But just pretend that that's not the case. He's going to be promoting on like, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all these places. He's going to do everything he can to, you know, get it in front of other people, like networking with other people. Like he's doing everything possible to network and just get this in front of as many people as possible from back end work, as opposed to just uploading it and saying, all right, people come watch. (laughs) And there's so many small YouTubers and content creators that just, they record something and just, upload it and that's it they don't you know Mm -hmm. research into like what's the best way to market this type of content what's the best way to edit this and 
you know, what are the best practices for this particular platform to get this content seen? How do I boost this content in some way? They're not doing that. They're just putting it out there. If they just put I it out that. there and they're comfortable with that, then that's nothing wrong with that. But if they're then asking you, <laughs> yeah. why am I not getting more listeners or views? Yeah, then that that's where there's a, a disconnect there, I guess, some with their reality. Some people take way too big of risks with some of that stuff too. Like Twitch, for example. Some people think like, oh, if, I just, if I'm consistent about it, people will right. watch. And that's not the case. There's, a, there's someone I know personally who they, uh, they're he and his wife owned like a clothing uh, shop where they did like custom clothing. And uh, he, he was like, Oh, you know, I'm going to try something different. And he wanted to be a Twitch streamer. And so he started renting out a, a building like right next door. Uh, and it was like $1,600 a month, which is not a small amount for what he was using it for. Yeah. And he and his friend put in some desks in there and some cute computers and they set up like a streaming setup. And they started playing like Call of Duty on Twitch and they were getting like three viewers a stream and he was doing this full time for all that effort. (laughs) And I was like, man, this is, this is not a good idea. Like it doesn't matter how charismatic you are, like how good your setup is. Like, why would you quit your job and start like from scratch? Like you have to build in an audience first before you attempt to like, yeah, none of these people that made it big just thought to themselves, you know what? I'm going to quit my job and start being a YouTuber, successful YouTuber. It's like, it's not how it works. These people <laughs> were working full-time jobs or they're in high school. Some, like some of these people got started at a young age. Sure. Sure. But it's like, they, you know, they didn't have like commitments. They didn't have responsibilities that they also had to focus on at the time. Or if they did, they were working full-time jobs and then doing like their content creation on the side. And they were grinding right. away at it for a long right. period of time <laughs> and building it up nobody just hops in and gets wildly successful overnight just because they exist. <laughs> I, I wish you could, uh, you could market that phrase out and, and let everybody yeah. hear that. I like that a lot. <laughs> it's just weird. I mean, yep. like, it, there's that mindset that some people have too, which is kind of unfortunate where they think like, Oh, like women online that have like, you know, only fans and things like that, like mm-hmm. the sort of sexual content, you know, they think, like, oh, because they're women, they can make money online. I'm, I'm, I'm talking from like, uh, like men saying this about women, not women thinking yeah. necessarily where they're like, oh, they're women. So they could just make money online. By it's easy for them because they're hot. And that's right. actually not the case either. Correct. It, <laughs> I mean, like, I forget what, I don't remember the numbers because it didn't apply to me, but like, for like OnlyFans, the majority of people on OnlyFans make like $10 or something. That's right. Yeah. It's like nothing. It's like, why would they make a bunch of money? There are more popular people out there that, and a lot of it's personal preference, but like there's people on there that are wildly more attractive to the majority of people than other people. So they're going to get more attention than other people. Plus they're better at marketing. It's like, it's just how it is. That's how the world works in any you know, in industry, the biggest, if you go into tech and you just go into Google and trying to find like, uh, anything to do with tech, you're going to get like Apple or Microsoft or like mm-hmm. Samsung. So like, you're going to get these big industry, you know, billion dollar companies over a small mom and pop shop every single time. 
Like you have to force yourself to look yeah. for these small businesses <laughs> and people aren't doing that when they're searching for this, you know, adult content online. They're right. going to OnlyFans, clicking on the first result and being like, right. good for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, it, it's possible to build and come from that, but yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Most of the people, most podcasters are like at my level that, you know, most thrilled to get a hundred listeners don't make it past seven episodes. Sure. There is like 93%, that 93% of them or something. Don't make it past seven episodes. I think. Yeah. And I, I mean, think I, it's like 99.7% don't make it past 20 episodes. I'm thrilled that I'm at where I'm at. And yeah. I, of course I, I would love to be able to quit my job and do this full time, but then I'm realistic about that. Like, what would that be? How would I even <laughs> generate income that way? Like a dream yeah. scenario is like, you know, a variety or um, vulture or something, you know, hires me to like be one of their staff writers or staff podcasters. That's a dream. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. And even if it did, I guarantee it would probably pay me like, you know, 300 bucks a pop for an article or for a podcast. And it's not going to be enough to live on. Um. I guess I'm coming to that with age and I also have a career to fall back on, but I think a lot of younger people might see what they think is the norm <laughs> of getting on only fans. It's real easy to do or getting on whatever and going viral. And then mm-hmm. I, there's the fluke that happens, but it's, it's mostly it can happen. But if you think just objectively, if you look at like the total number of people that try to do this, and the number of people that are famous, it's like yeah. such a small number. Absolutely. And, but everyone, I mean, what is the phrase for people that play the lottery consistently? It's like everyone's a, a millionaire that just hasn't won yet or something. I for, <laughs> I'm sure you've heard something similar to that maybe. I forget no, I'm not what the familiar, actual, no. Uh-uh. Uh, I forget the exact phrase, but it's something like that. We're like, that's why people like, in, especially in the U.S., I don't know what it's like in the rest of the world. I don't have that experience. But like, I know in the U.S. in particular, it's like uh, we're not poor. We're just millionaires that haven't made the money yet or something. Yeah. It's something close to that. It, yeah. The, the American dream was taught to me. I was told that I could yeah. do anything I wanted when I was a kid. So <laughs> it's going to happen. Like the next lottery ticket is going to be the big one. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you're you're bumming still, me out. <laughs> that's why I'm still grinding so much. Like I, I would not be entirely confident quitting my full-time job and just doing the, oh, no. the podcast and the, you know, the Dentist Productions brand. I'm Plus, not talking about I, you. I'm talking about myself. I'm like, heck yeah. yes. I, there's no way it could happen. Yeah, I'd have to have I, supplement income. That's I, it was weird. Cause like they didn't realize that when I started my current job, uh, I took a huge pay cut to go there because I was just bored at my last job. And I was like, it's not, I just don't enjoy it. I'd rather do something different and enjoy it more. Plus I think it looks better on my resume going forward. If I need something else, having the extra experience working in an additional field and having that hands-on field experience. Um, But I was like, I took a a big cut pay cut and I was talking to them like last week or something and uh, they're like, oh, you know, it's like this is they made some offhand comment where they're like, oh, you know, you probably don't want to do this, but, you know, this isn't what we pay you for. I'm like, if you think I'm here because of how much you're paying me, you are 
wildly mistaken. If I was in it for the money, I definitely would not be here. Wow. Okay. And then I, I explained to them like how much of a pay cut I took. And they're like, why would you do that? And I'm like, cause it's worth it to me in the long run. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm made up for that to uh, doing other stuff. So it was fine. And, and in the long, you know, overall, I'm still making the same amount of money. Uh, but I had to sub, you know, supplement that to an extent. And uh, yeah, I, even so I was like, I don't, I wouldn't feel comfortable leaving that and just going all in on the, the brand here. Cause I know how fickle the internet is and how things work, especially with yeah. the way like the economy is right now too. I'm like, ah, nah, but <laughs> I, yeah, that, and I just, I like, it sounds, you know, selfish, but it's like, I like having money. Like I like having extra money, just sitting around, not being spent, knowing that if I need it, it's there setting myself up for like the long run, so to speak. Yeah. Probably because there's been many times that you didn't um, have money. So now that you do have well, some, when my, <laughs> when my family moved away and I was on my own, I was like, all right, here we go. That sounds scary. <laughs> when you it told was, me that <laughs> it was weird. It was a really weird experience where it's like, I don't know how to explain. It's like, you're living somewhere and then like your entire life is pulled out from underneath you. And it's like, all right, now I'm just, I'm in the same scenario, but everything around me has also changed. And I I don't know way to like word it properly, but it's like most things in my life are the same. It's just a good chunk of my life is just gone. And then, you know, working on, you know, taking care of myself. I, I I was 18 years old or I think I was 19 at the time actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Working away, you know, just left school, uh, for you know, college. I didn't love the university I was at and I was like, all right, let's try something else. Self-taught, got a job at a university and then moved on to marketing. I was like, all like right. A, like a beautiful out. mind kind of thing. You were showing up at night and drawing on the chalkboards and they were like, Oh, who's this guy? Why is this guy breaking into our facility? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, I, I, I've always like held like a caught in between two worlds sort of thing where it's like on one hand, I do think people are kind of lazy to an extent where it's like, they feel like things should sort of be handed to them. But then I also realized that things shouldn't be getting harder for people each generation. Like the whole point (laughs) you would think would be, we want to make the world a better place for the next generation. Right. And that's not the mindset of a lot of people. It's Correct. Well, I got mine. Why should I have to, <laughs> you know, take care of you now? And I was like, why? <laughs> but I do get like the, I do understand people wanting handouts a lot of time too. I have neighbors that are like that. And it's a, it's a little frustrating considering like I'm over here working my ass off. I, when I was at the university, I worked 80 hour weeks for like three years. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I hear you. I worked my ass off to get what I have now. And I have neighbors that are over there who rely on, uh, you know, government handouts. And it's like, there are people that deserve it. My neighbors do not. They sit outside every day, perfectly healthy in a tent. And when I first met them, I was like, Hey, how's it going? They're like, uh, just doing what we can to get by. And I'm like, you're definitely not. You're, you're sitting outside in a, one of those little pop-up gazebos, whatever you'd call them. I'm like, they's literally, they're out there. I get up at about 5.30 or 6 a.m. every day and 
by the time I leave for work, which is about well after seven, a couple minutes after seven, they're out there in the tent, <laughs> hanging out, chatting. When I go to bed at night, which is around like midnight every night, they are still out there chatting. That is all they do. When I'm when I'm home during the day on like the weekends, that's all they do is just sit out there. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong that I'm working so hard? And I'm well, like in the same boat as you essentially. <laughs> oh God, I didn't think about it, that. They are your neighbors. That's right. Mind. It blows well, the, my mind. I, I feel obliged to say that not everybody who... Um, I don't know. I don't like the phrase government handouts. Um, no, but I, I, I tried to emphasize that. That's not, I don't mean that everyone is like a lazy. Sure. Trying to yeah. They're, they're poor are, examples. I, I just, <laughs> yeah. That's what I was trying to, that was the point I was trying to make poorly. Apparently it's just like, it bothers me that there are some people that are like that where it's yeah. like, they've clearly just tried to work the system so they don't have to do anything. It's not like they're old. They're, I mean, they're only like in their fifties probably. So they're not that old. Like if they were like senior citizens, like in their seventies or eighties, just hanging out, I'd be like, they probably worked their whole lives. They're retired or whatever. But I'm like, these people are perfectly healthy and they're not very old. <laughs> why are they, why are they hanging? How did they figure this out where they don't have to do anything all day, every day? Yeah. Everybody's got different situations. I've seen, cause I'm in utilities and it's water utilities. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs water. So like I was talking about the lake community that is, that uh, messed up that house with the washer yeah. These are very nice houses. Very wealthy people live there. And then we're in communities like I was earlier today where it's very low income. Like you, you can barely make out that it's a house because it's just so run down. Mm-hmm. And so it's everybody in between. So there's all kinds of situations. And, you know, you've, you've I've run into like, you know, wonderful people in both situations and I've run into some serious degenerates in both situations <laughs> as well. You know, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm just thinking, I'm, this is, this is how my brain works. I'm thinking about these neighbors of yours that I've never seen in my life. I know nothing about them at all. So mm-hmm. I have nothing to base this on, but I'm thinking, well, maybe they like have some kind of like, um, like like stock market thing or maybe they um uh, invest they or... don't seem like that type of <laughs> gotcha i mean These but the... you know I'm, I'm trying to my brain is like let trying me paint to you think... a visual when i okay. first met the one guy i was out there we were, i had a they had, they were coming to hook up the internet at our house okay and he came walking out with like a dirty cardboard box in his boxer shorts and nothing else on <laughs> okay and this is at like 3 p.m <laughs> so I'm no like, self-awareness <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this is okay. This is what you're doing. You're walking out to the curb in your boxer shorts at 3 p.m. Like groggy. <laughs> like I don't know what he was doing. Like, <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe there's somebody in that house that you never see, and they're like hold away, like in a little room somewhere, and they're like running the stocks or something. <laughs> maybe <laughs> they're, they're doing um, like the real work. My, like, my my honest assumption after that like initial meeting. <laughs> Was that okay. they probably bought the house years and years ago when it was super ah, cheap. yeah. And then it the value has just gone up over the years. So when we moved in, it was more expensive in general. Yep. That's how me and my wife are talking right now. Because we, you know, we have a house here and we'll own it in about mm-hmm. nine years. And yeah, we're like, at that time, we'll just be done. And we, we know that like once, you know, our daughter moves out and stuff, we'll eventually we'll downsize and like, you know get someplace smaller but yeah we could just live here forever without having to pay rent 
and yeah, yeah be dirt poor. <laughs> <laughs> like your neighbors you're talking about it's that's that's a very good assumption that's probably exactly what happened or that's like the house that like the woman grew up in and then her parents mm -hmm. left it to her and then she yeah, didn't have to do be. anything except for pay the electric bill and that's all they got to do <laughs> like what, during was it when was it was it 2021 or something right after covid i don't remember there was that big like housing bubble boom yeah and, like, the price of our house increased by what would it be like 55% roughly same. Yeah. So like there's our house and then right on the other side, there's like a tree line is like a, this even more uh, like upscale area. That's right on the golf course. And they're like three times the cost of our house. And <laughs> I'm just like, I'm like, how do I pretend? Like, do I just plant trees around our property and then cut the trees down in the backyard and make it seem like we're part of that neighborhood instead? <laughs> Just eventually you will be changes i just change the direction the driveway goes so it goes out into that neighborhood and try and artificially bump up the value of our home <laughs> well i no, would think we've been part of this the whole time don't worry about it <laughs> i would think like just being adjacent to that type of neighborhood you would get some kind of like benefit from it because i i the only reason i know like the current pricing is i just checked it earlier in the week i don't know why i just it piqued my interest for some reason. Sure. And I was looking, I'm like, everyone, it, it, it's literally like two cul-de-sacs, like back to back, essentially with like a tree line going in between. And all of the houses in our cul-de-sac are roughly, I mean, are, you know, they're reasonably within the same bracket. Mm -hmm. And then the ones on the other side of the tree line are all wildly more expensive. And I think it's it's literally just because they're slightly closer to the golf course. <sighs> it's really wow. weird. I'm talking like literally three times the the price or the value. How how housing. recently have those houses been built? Uh, some of them are older. I would say the majority of them within the last like ten years. Yeah. See, there you go. And the so ones in ours are like fifteen to twenty years old. It wouldn't surprise me like if your house itself do it doesn't become that valuable, but the property that you own your house on will become valuable I because that. Yeah. that that rich community will spread out some and they'll want to rebuild and they're going to start zoning your neighborhood for those types of homes. And I just slowly you know. start sneaking into their parties, convincing them that the value <laughs> of my property in that area is just wildly more expensive than it actually is like. I got to be honest with you like this, that area over there, hidden potential, just over the moon, <laughs> hidden potential. You're not even going to believe it. I, you know, I'm thinking of buying out a lot of those properties. If I'm being realistic, like that house, in I'm just pointing at my house. That house in yeah. particular is like right in the center. Like it's a perfect starting perfect. point to spread out throughout the rest of that neighborhood. Just, imagine just the, the view. Guy. <laughs> yeah, imagine the view. I can for sure. Trust me. I I am I get a pretty good idea of what the view looks like, particularly from the upstairs bathroom looking out <laughs> directly north into this person's backyard. It's just like way so way too specific. <laughs> you gotta start taking walks in their neighborhoods, like walk your dog and like, you know, become become acclimated to it. Like that's the way you start slowly integrating yourself is <laughs> just, you know, just make yourself visible every now and then and then you know, you pop in for like a hot dog during like a cookout or something. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, 
I'm, I'm part of this. <laughs> you guys remember me, right? Come on. Yeah. I'm the dog walking guy. Hey, like, sir, you're way too poor to be hanging out at our party. Ah. <laughs> Just remember to pop your collar, Josh. You'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It, you know, we'll see. We'll see how things go. I don't. I don't know how it's going to like I part of it is I want to move. I want to move back south to like North Carolina or somewhere in that area. Hey, I don't like. where. Wait, I, I thought you were in North Carolina. I'm sorry. I, that, that's where I thought you were. I spent a lot of time growing up in North Carolina, but we live in central Pennsylvania right now, surrounded by the Amish Mennonites. And then. OK, fields. yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. And, I'm, uh, a, I'm I'm in Amish country a lot myself, too. And here in Virginia, in Lancaster, Virginia. OK. And it was that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just there's nothing happening here. So like <laughs> even from like a business perspective, like there's nothing for me to like grow here, like career wise. If I were to just drop Dedra's productions as a brand entirely, just be like, I'm just focusing on my personal career and growth outside of that. There's no way for me to do that here with like an actual business. Like I could work remotely, but then there's no point in me being here anyway. So, like, so you're thinking like a bigger city or something? I don't want to live in the city, but like uh, I spent a lot of time in Middlefield, Ohio, which is like 30 minutes south of Cleveland. That's where my parents ended up moving to when okay. I was younger. And I'd go out to visit them. And I I have no interest in Cleveland in particular, but I liked the sort of style of the place that they lived in where it was like you're in the you're out of the city enough that you can purchase like land and actually have property as opposed to just buying a, a house with no yard. I like having space to do stuff because I'm an outdoorsy guy. Okay. You know, I, I like being able to have space to actually do stuff in. Uh, and I was able to do that. And then it was only like 30 minutes to the city where you have all sorts of stuff to do. There's things to, you know, things to see and like having those wide variety of options and then being able to return to like the peace and quiet of like quote unquote countryside <laughs> and having all the space. Like I like that. So finding something like that down there, like Raleigh would be perfect. Okay. Yeah. This is, this Which is my is part la- I didn't of why know you- I'm saving up my money. Cause it's expensive to do that. Yeah, you're right. It is. Um, but yeah, I thought I was thinking Pennsylvania would be more expensive than North Carolina though, but I guess depending on what, city you're talking about as well it's it's shockingly expensive in some places around here like i mentioned that guy earlier that yeah right out the the place for his failed streaming career <laughs> like the the town near where we lived in uh previously is wildly overpriced because all the money just gets funneled back into the university i've <laughs> i've convinced myself probably incorrectly like 99 sure i'm wrong about this Okay. But I like throwing it out there anyway. I'm convinced myself that it is just money laundering to the extreme. Because like they're constantly raising taxes and then the money just doesn't go towards anything. Uh, <laughs> they requested $50,000 for lights for their town Christmas tree. And mm. like, there's no way it costs that much money to 50, put lights 000? on a Christmas tree. I can go to there's Lowe's just and no get way. a shitload for like a thousand. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they uh they built a new school and then within a year or two, I think it was two years maybe they're like we need to re- replace the entire HVAC system it's outdated I'm like there's no way like it, it's just none of this spending makes sense they they're constantly renovating their town parks for like there's a gazebo that they needed three mil th- I think it was 3.1 million dollars they needed to replace the gazebo I'm like they're 
this the money just doesn't add up correctly. What what okay, what town is this or what city is this uh, that we're talking I about? Will, I will type it in the, the chat here. I'd rather not dox myself okay. too much. Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, it's I get it. I'm sorry. Town. Okay, yes. Uh, but, yeah, you can look that up. Uh Okay, yeah. yeah. So it I guess what I'm thinking is like that's that's not a terrible getting, thing. Yeah. It's just millions of dollars getting put into these projects. Like a gazebo does not cost $3.1 million. It just no, doesn't. It doesn't. You're right. There's <laughs> Even that. the labor. There is another, uh, it was a parking lot essentially. And they're like, oh, we're going to turn it into like an arts, you know, area where we can have like art events, like art festivals down here or whatever. And they didn't really do anything with it, <laughs> but they, they got like a $2 million budget and put it towards, you know, cleaning the area up. And I think they just paved it a little bit. And planted more grass, essentially. <laughs> and it's like a couple million dollars. I'm like, where is this money actually going? Like, what is happening here? I mean, as like, from my not- perspective, like, it sounds like a dream. It sounds great. And I would love to be in that situation because, like, you know, I'm in Richmond, Virginia. And mm-hmm. um, Henrico County. And there's so much stuff that needs to be done. And there's no revenue to do it. It's like, there, you can just, you know, throw a stone and you can find a project that badly needs doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm listening to you say all this and I'm like, I would love if that's the thing. I mean, like, we, there we are would completely be artificial kind of manufactured problems that don't exist. Like oh. The gazebo did not need replaced. It was perfectly fine. You're ta- yeah, you're talking about up. Christmas lights, gazebos, really yeah, it, insignificant things. Okay. I get you. It's so weird. And then the taxes, the, the property taxes are so insane. Like we talk with my grandfather who lives like 40 minutes away and his taxes for the year are like $1,500 and the taxes in our area are like $12,000. I'm like, <laughs> realistically, I mean, he has more land than we do and like our house is bigger, but like even still, I'm like, there's such a, a gap right. in like cost. I'm like, we get nothing for it. Like, where is this money going? And that, that, that's the reason why I always like put out this idea that it's just money laundering. Cause like, there's just so much money being put in and the cost that they associate with these projects just doesn't make sense. So I'm just like, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. People. I just don't <laughs> trust these people. It's, yeah. it's bizarre. It's the one thing it's, it's like an actual, I'm an actual conspiracy theorist on this okay. one idea is what it is apparently. <laughs> But like I don't, I've yet to find a reasonable answer for it because it just doesn't make any sense, and it's thoroughly enjoyable for me to just spout the nonsense anyway. <laughs> I have this hard, I have this harsh feeling that if you were to find out like the exact numbers and the exact truth, that mm-hmm. it would in fact be money laundering. But they would, you know, present it to you in such a way that it <laughs> it sounds better. They would probably put it in language. They would, and I I would tell them like. <laughs> to me, this is just incompetence to the most extreme degree imaginable. Your people are so bad at handling money that you don't, you can't wrap your head around the actual cost of this. Go to Lowe's or Home Depot and look at the cost of the wood that it would cost <laughs> to build this gazebo. How much are they charging you for man hours, for like working hours? Like, it is it ten thousand dollars an hour per person? Like, there's just <laughs> no way this makes sense. <laughs> I mean, are y'all schools and parks looking good or that's the thing? Like the university is its own thing. They have uh, like all these like legacies and stuff like they'll always have so much. 
there, it's a very wealthy in university. And then we have the main street in town, which is pretty nice. The second you get off the main street in town, it gets run down very quickly. Thankfully, I didn't. I do not live in the town, uh, but yeah, it like the money is just disappears. Like it's not being put back into the community, and it's it's bizarre to me. The good old boy network is what it's yeah. all about. <laughs> it it is bizarre because I mean, like the whole, part of it they'll they'll say is. Oh, well, we use it to like for, you know, resources like they, they're supposed to have crews come out to clean up like brush. Like if you're trimming up like trees and plants and stuff in the spring, you're supposed to put it out on the curb and they'll come by and they'll pick it up and they're a pain in the ass about it. You have to set up like trees, with uh, branches with no sticks, then just leaves, branches with leaves on it, separate them, have them point in a specific direction. And then they just don't show up. And it's like, okay. And uh, it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's bizarre and annoying. I hear you. I I, I want to see good things happen with our money. Uh, I guess I, I can like see what you're coming from. I like what they do in other from. countries like, where you get that? your tax. I like what they do in, I think it's Canada in particular. I could be wrong. It might be a different country. But I, I remember seeing it where like they don't file their taxes. They just get the report back at the end of the the tax season, whatever it is. And it just shows, hey, this is how much you paid in taxes. This is where your money went. And it's like yeah, a graph where like it literally that. breaks down like this is how much went into like healthcare, <laughs> uh, military, uh, you know, infrastructure, wh- however it broke down. It's been years. I don't remember exactly. But like that style of thing where it's like, oh, I can see exactly how much money of mine in my, my taxes went to what specific things. I don't know why we don't do that. I don't well, either. I, I, I get an idea. <laughs> they don't want us to see where some of it's going, especially like <laughs> the military spending. Where it's like, yeah, we spent uh, $3 billion on ammunition that we buried in the desert because we couldn't shoot it all. And we wanted to keep the budget. I'm afraid we would find out you were exactly right about your money laundering theory. They're just trying to keep it on the down low as long as I possible. I know I'm right about the, the military <laughs> as far as like ammunition spending. That's literally what they do. They they don't want to yeah. lose out on any of that money. so And they can't yes. shoot the ammunition fast enough, so they bury it in the desert when they're over there. Use it or lose it with all that cash. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. But we've uh, we've gone on uh, slightly over an hour. I think we're at two and a half. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We're chatting. That's right. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I really do appreciate you coming on, man. It's been an absolute blast. This is a very easy episode, which is always always amazing. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad we uh, went to so many topics because I was. I was afraid that I, I, I wouldn't have enough um, for you for like an hour long episode. And I, I proved myself wrong here. I, I always make it a point when I usually talk to people about it before we start recording. But it's like, again, it's it's I never try and treat it as like an interview. It's always just a conversation. I feel it's way more natural. It's easier for people to get involved with and it's easier to listen to. And I think it helps the, the conversation flow easier because it's like. You're just chatting. You know, yeah. you just talk about whatever you don't feel like, Oh, I got to find the perfect answer for this question or whatever. <laughs> and it, it makes the show go so much easier. All so, your questions were perfect and all my answers were perfect. So exactly. we're, we're good to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank Dude, you thank so you much for, for coming on, man. I, I, I was just saying, it. thank you very much for having me. This is very neat. Yeah. I like it. Thank you. Yeah. Welcome back anytime you'd like. Uh, where can people go to check out your stuff? Well, sure. I have one of those link tree sites. Um, so it's like a link tree and it's intro void, which is like the name of my band. So it's I N T R 
you're going to supply a link. I'm not going to spell it out. Yeah. Intro void. You can figure it out. Link tree intro void. <laughs> and, um, you know, all my yeah. singles, Richmond, all my podcasts. Music and podcasts. I got Oh, you found it. Yeah. There you go. I'm, I'm good at this. I'm a marketing guy. <laughs> as soon as you release this episode, a link to this episode will go up on there somewhere as well. So awesome. pretty much anything I've done online is on that site. Sounds good. Yeah. And the link will be in the description, obviously. People can click through. Yep. Thank you very much. And I would like yeah. to you know, uh, what do you call it? Return the favor and advertise you or plug you on my show as well. I hope to do so. Um, I've enjoyed listening to your last couple episodes. I'm going to keep doing it. Well, thank you. I I appreciate it. We got, uh, uh, I don't have my, I have a dry race calendar. I keep up next to me here at the desk (laughs) and it's, it's on June. So I don't have July up yet. So I don't, I don't remember who's on the next couple episodes. Episode 181. Crap. Well, Anyway, <laughs> I like surprises. Yeah, we got a uh, got a number of episodes coming up here, though. But yeah, thanks so much. Uh, again, people check out deadjustproductions.live. It's got links to all of our stuff on there. New episode will be up uh, at some point, <laughs> no specific <laughs> date. Uh, but yeah, go check out liquidiv.com. Link in the description. Use code DJP15. Get twenty percent off any of your purchases. It helps support us they're legitimately good i enjoy it. it's the only thing i drink other than water and it mixes into it sugar-free that's neat uh, and check out zencaster they're fantastic super easy to use for any of your podcasting needs can't recommend them enough like i said we're on episode 183 been using them for years now so definitely give them, you can try the free plan out at least give it a shot if you'd like uh, i promise you it's it's super convenient and easy to use i'm liking uh, it i'm on it right now and this is the first time i've been mm-hmm. on it and I'm enjoying it, so I'm going to check out Zencaster. Thanks to you, awesome. man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, use code DJP15 for 30% off your first uh, month of a Zencaster pay plan. If you have a pre-existing platform, a content creation platform that you use, maybe you have a podcast already, uh, you can try and you can apply for the uh, Creator Plus plan. Uh, it's free, and they help connect you with advertisers and sponsors. Uh, their whole thing is helping you grow because it helps them grow. So give them a shot. Thank you to them for sponsoring the show. And thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. See ya.